What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Hot Tag, our second one here of 2020. I am Christy Francesco, and with me is Kyle Barone. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? Not much. All right, so we have a big show tonight. We have a watch-along of the 2001 uh, Royal Rumble match. That was, for a little bit of a spoiler alert, sorry, it's 19 years ago, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin won this, and that was uh, on his way to the biggest main event in the history of um, of the WWF at the time, um, I guess, going to WrestleMania 17. Um, this took place on January 21st, 2001. Uh, now, before we get into this, I will tell everybody that we are going to do like a countdown. I'll tell you guys, once you log on to the WWE Network, get to the 2000 one rumble i will count you guys down from three and we can hit play uh i will tell you guys that we are going to be starting at right around the 211 mark uh right at 211 actually uh two minutes and 11 seconds now before we start i want to kind of give you guys a rundown of what's coming up on the hot tag in the near future um i'm not sure necessarily of the exact dates um or the order the order is going to be kind of correct it all depends on if kyle agrees and how things are moving forward so tonight obviously the rumble of 01 next time we do the hot tag i would like to chronicle the 2001 stone cold steve austin run um which starts at this rumble and it leads all the way um through wrestlemania through the summer um this was pretty much right when austin came back from his neck injury and kind of just picked up where he left off it was a great year for austin um it was a heel turn that we will obviously get into that a lot of people said was a failure However, it was arguably the best comical year of Steve Austin, and that was where we saw Austin with Kurt Angle and McMahon, just hilarious stuff. You showed a different side of him. Really did. Uh, after that, I would like to do the, the Rumble of 1997. That was when the WWE decided in a down year to do a dome show uh, at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. I think there was over 60,000 people that year. Uh, that was the first time that Steve Austin uh, won the, the Rumble match. Uh, that was also uh, a night that we saw uh, Shawn Michaels win the, the WWF title back off of uh, Psycho Sid. Um, then the following week, we we're going to do a Q&A that gives us a good three weeks or so to get a lot of questions in to answer them. After that, I would like to do a couple watch-alongs of WrestleManias. we got WrestleMania 14, which is the crowning of um, Steve Austin officially. That was Mike Tyson. That was also the end of, of Shawn Michaels. Uh, the next time is... Probably my favorite WrestleMania, which was WrestleMania 19 at Safeco Field in Seattle. That was uh, The Rock versus Austin 3. Uh, that was Hogan versus McMahon. Uh, so much happened at Brock that show. And, uh, Brock and Angle were, for some reason, a, a mutant wants to do a, a shooting star across the ring. Kills himself. <laughs> and then after that will be a show that Kyle will love. I want to chronicle the 2000 and 2001 Undertaker, uh, which is the American badass character. Uh, I love that character so much, and I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, after that, we want to, with Elimination Chamber coming up, uh, let we would like to talk about the Survivor Series of 2002, which was at Madison Square Garden. That was the first ever Elimination Chamber match. Then we could talk about WCW Starcade. I had a lot of people ask me to do some WCW stuff, so I figured the biggest pay-per-view in the history of WCW was Starcade 97, Sting versus Hogan, uh, which was the basically capping off one of the greatest storylines 
of that era where you had one guy, the biggest heel in the industry, in Hogan, going up against Sting, who literally said zero words for a calendar year, which was pretty friggin' cool. Um, after that, I would like to talk about The Rock in 2000, because that was the year where The Rock really became the, the biggest entertainer in the company, because Austin was on the shelf after neck surgery. Then we're going to go into uh, WrestleMania 31 Watch Along that was in San Francisco. Another phenomenal WrestleMania. That was Undertaker versus Bray. That was uh, Randy Orton versus Rollins. And then that was the year that Rollins cashed in. If you get past the whole, it sucked that it was outside and it was daylight the whole time. But if you actually watch the matches, it was a really good show. Yeah, and then you had Sting and Triple H. Yeah, which, which was. Had tons of smoke and mirrors, but it was all awesome. It really was great. Uh, then the last two here is Shawn Michaels, 2004. I really kind of want to highlight his rivalry that year with Triple H, which is one of the most unsung rivalries in the past 20 years or so. It was a phenomenal rivalry. Um, they had a Hell in a Cell match. They had a, a main event, the Royal like Rumble. 47-minute Hell in a Cell match or yeah. something like that. <laughs> it was a lot of blood <laughs> yeah. in that one. Um, there was the They started their rivalry off that year in the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia. I was there for that Rumble. For those of you who don't know that Rumble, it's because the WWE tries to delete that Rumble because uh, Chris <laughs> Benoit. <laughs> and uh, I think he started at number one, correct? Yeah. And he won, but... You don't know that because WWE takes that away. And then we're going to end this round of uh, shows with Hulk Hogan 1996. And we could basically talk about that was where it all started. The whole Attitude Era, where the whole wrestling landscape changed. Talking about when Hogan turned heel in the NWO. Bischoff talks about that all the time. They're like, when did the Attitude Era start? And he always says, we started it. It's correct. He's like, the NWO basically started it. There's no DX if there's no NWO. Mm -hmm. And uh, NWO going into the Hall of Fame uh, this year. Um, So that's a whole smorgasbord of topics that we have lined up for the next a uh, couple months. Uh, eventually, I want to talk about the 2011 CM Punk run uh, with you know with that whole Money in the Bank, and then coming back in SummerSlam against Cena. So that would be a really fun thing to talk about. Um, all right, so we're gonna get things started here. Now, remember, we are at the two minute eleven second mark of the pay per view. We just got done a opening by David Sahadi, uh, who did all the incredible Attitude Era uh, promos back in the day, um, and then we're just about to kick things off with the first matchup um so uh i'm gonna count you guys down and then once we get there uh kyle and i will start talking about the, the logistics of this event what's been going on um leading up to it and then we will comment uh the show uh there are going to be intermittent times where we take a break um but we'll just tell you to hit pause uh that's just because we have to get commercials in um but then that'll That'll be few and far between. All right, so I'm going to count you guys down when I go three, two, one, play. When I say play, you guys hit play. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. All right, so here we are. First match um, is coming up very shortly. It's, a, it's a, signs. Look at all the signs. So the you don't see that at all now. Um, now you t- you have a sign. They might take it from you. It's, uh, it's so cool to look at on TV, but if you're actually there, it's fucking god awful. When you were at the Rumble event a couple years ago in Philly, did you have any issues? Yeah, because 
I'm tall, so the guy in front of me had, he literally had like a briefcase filled with signs. And every time like something would happen, he'd flip through and get a different sign up. Mm-hmm. So after a while, a guy came and was like, yo, you can't put that up, took it from him. Yeah, you can't put that up, took it from him. And then like the third time the guys came over, they were like, uh, you want to switch seats? And they just moved him and his bag of signs. And took them but I felt bad for my wife because she's standing next to me and mm-hmm. she really couldn't see me. Even I'm tall and I couldn't see a lot every time they had to sign up. You know, if you get a, a guy who's six foot with a three foot sign, you know, who's seeing past that? Right. Agreed. Uh, all right. First match here. Um, we have the Dudley boys coming out. Um, they're going to go up against uh, Edge and Christian for the tag team titles. At this time, uh, Kyle, these two teams, and you have to throw, obviously, the Hardy boys in here. Uh, I mean, you guys, people talk about tag team wrestling nowadays. You know, you got Usos, you got the Young Bucks, uh, you got the Revival. But my goodness, from like that 98 to 2001, 2002, uh, I'm not sure there'll ever be a time better than that. Nah, and this is this match is on the heels of their WrestleMania 17 TLC match between yeah. all three of them. Yep. Which is just fucking incredible. Yeah. You've never seen it. That That's a a, a, a choreographed, legitimate car crash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and here's Edge and Christian coming out. They are currently the tag team champions, and, and they're they're going over what's been going on, what led up to this match. Uh, oh, my God. Chair, <laughs> chair shot to the head. After, I mean, when you... Concerto or whatever it's called. That's a... I give any guy credit who wanted to sign up to take that because it's it could go real bad wasn't, real quick. Wasn't there one, the Rock took it and it was awful looking because I don't think he really wanted to take yeah, it. Yeah, he was probably like, no, nowhere near me. <laughs> um, looking back now, um, when you look at the chair shots today, Kyle, does it kind of make you cringe or are you still of the mindset like, man, it was... It was still pretty awesome. I'm still not my head, not my problem. I still think it's pretty cool to watch. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, you know, when you go back, you see some of them that are just brutal. Where you can do it a head, like a protected head chair shot, where it's like you get the idea, it might tap their head, but their hands are taking most of the blows. But when you get like Ken Shamrock and Mick Foley just hands down, go ahead, hit me, it's stupid. It, like you see dudes in football with CTE, and you know, I'm like, I'm a huge mixed martial arts fan. I've seen mm-hmm. too many guys get fucking flatlined <laughs> by punches and kicks and stuff. Like, I don't understand how you could take a chair shot some of these guys took back in the day. And, you know, be okay with it. But. Now, now when you go on Twitter, there's a, lo- a ton of really good wrestling accounts, and all I've been seeing lately are Rock to Ken Shamrock chair shots that were just uh, the stiffest shots yeah, I've ever seen. Like to a a bat. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to point out, uh, which I texted you earlier about, this whole show is littered with Hall of Famers. Oh, I know. And this match right here, Dudleys are in, Edge is in, Christian will be in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Edge and Christian will go in. Yeah, um, just. Every match has Hall of Famers in it, up and down. Even the murderer. He, if he didn't kill people, Benoit would be in the Hall of Fame. But. I'm actually looking forward to that match because I, I, there's a lot of things I want to talk about Benoit because, you know, and, and, and look, it's a podcast and it's been a long time. It's been 13 years and I'm not going to, you know, talk about the human being himself outside of wrestling. But in wrestling, man. I looked at him as probably top five of the greatest technical wrestlers I've ever seen yeah, in my he's, life. He's up there with perfect Bret Hart. Yeah. Kurt, Ang- Kurt Angle says he's the best wrestler he's ever wrestled. And uh, I I believe it. Um, this is uh, 
man, this is incredible watching Christian go to work. I always thought Christian was a much better worker than Edge. He definitely was. Um, but obviously we can't deny who had the charisma of the two. Although when you when you hear Christian now, he's incredibly funny. Yeah. Um, but there's no blue dot, called, pal. He called himself Captain Charisma, <laughs> and it just, I don't know. It doesn't help when they stick you with Tyson Tomko. And, yeah. Um, but he had a couple, I mean, there, we'll go into pay-per-views later on down the line. His rivalries he had with Orton and uh, Chris Jericho were incredible uh real quick while this match is going on this match lasted just under 10 minutes um this is a 1.35 uh uh buy rate here which is about 625,000 buys which um it was the highest buy rate of 2001 for the wwf behind the invasion pay-per-view and wrestlemania 17 invasion had 775,000 buys surprisingly because on paper it was garbage exactly and wrestlemania 17 came in with just a little over 1 million buys um so let's see we had a 16,056 sellout here which was 13,500 paid um the live gate brought in $666,000 just under 667 merchandise another near $94,000 um so this was at a time I mean nowadays if you get a sellout at an arena that 666,000 is probably normal um uh, when when we went yeah sell out here with 16,000 people now they do you know the rumble yeah. They do with spots at whole 40, 50, that whatever. Right. And you got to assume the ticket price is a little bit more expensive now. Yeah. We went to the sum- we went to SummerSlam in um, 2017 in Brooklyn. That place was packed to the gills and I can only imagine the money, the gates. I mean, you had what was that right in a row? You had NXT, then you had the then you had SummerSlam, the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Raw and Smack. It was like four straight days. Yeah. Where they were just like gates were just everything was sold out. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of money. So back then though, in nine, in two thousand one, this was when the business was a little bit, um, from what they say, was in a little bit of a downturn. Kind of. Uh, we're we're about two months away, right from here. Actually, a little over, a little under. Let me think. January twenty, March twenty ninth. So we are a little over two months away from WCW going out of business which is really cool to think about like this is January 21st of 01 March 29th two months later they're buying WCW Um, so it's it's pretty awesome and it was in a down like you know the business was on the downside because 99 and 2000 Austin was white hot and you couldn't get more popular than what they were so it was you know I bet if you take 2001 and compare it to 99 95, it's still way, way up. Mm-hmm. What, what I like about this first match is, and I'm assuming we're getting closer to the end here, is actually watching these guys have a wrestling match. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we're so used to seeing them just beat the shit out of each other with objects. Yeah. And now they're having like an actual decent match. Right. Um, and this is the 14th Royal Rumble. Um, this the main event was the Rumble match, obviously, which Stone Cold won by eliminating Kane. We'll get to that eventually. This was the year I think Kane just literally ran house, correct? Yeah, it was. He eliminated eleven people, and he Kane. Kane's big seven foot ass was in the match for fifty three <laughs> minutes. That's insane. Like you see, all the other guys who were up there over fifty. It's you know Rey Mysterio, Ric Flair, Benoit, mm-hmm. Jericho, all these little workers. Then you have his big ass in there the whole time, <laughs> which is it's great because it kind of 
pushed him over, like put him over a little bit more. And what's even more credit is when you're a little guy and you're getting beat up, you can kind of hang out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you can either lay on the ground for a little. When you're a big guy, you're getting beat up on. There's constantly somebody on you. Yeah, and his gimmick was, you know, he's always coming at you. He doesn't sell as much as little guys. So it's not like he can just lay in the corner and be beat up. Right. Like he constantly has to be involved with stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the card here consisted of five matches. The matches resulted from... Um, well, I'm trying to think here. Um, yeah, after the Rumble, this was when um, Kern Angle defended his title against Triple H in a standard match. Um, so a lot came from this pay-per-view, uh, a lot of rivalries, because usually, nowadays, when you guys watch WWE, the Rumble doesn't really give you any storylines heading into Mania. Like, you wait, you have to wait until March before you start getting legitimate storylines. Back in 01, I mean, WrestleMania was being formed, you know, in Survivor Series, or maybe even back in the SummerSlam. Um, another thing... Uh, about watching th- this match, um, Kyle, is that you know you're talking about 01. This was a year after the uh, Austin was missed the entire year. Now the cool thing is from Why back. Is that because his bald head would go too? He hit that motherfucker <laughs> yeah. with a car. <laughs> What's here comes a concerto. Oh, thank God. Devon ducks out of it. <laughs> the, what's crazy is, like you said, everybody almost on this roster is almost all a famer. Yeah, it's... Back in this time, and Jericho said this before on many interviews and on his own podcast where, you know, we talk all the time how, man, you know, that roster was like once in a lifetime. And I really do believe that they had all these guys, just these four right here at the same time in their prime. Mm-hmm. And you, you got to put the Hardys in there who were like still children at the time. Yeah. Um, my God, what a back body on Christian. Um, Athletes, man. Yep. You see how high they jump and mm-hmm. you know, go along with it. It makes it look so much God, better. These ass bumps. Yeah, bump. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I look at these bumps now. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> um, do you think that will ever even sniff a roster like there was between like the 97 to 2005. Do you think there will ever be any inkling of that or do you just think the business has changed so much? I wouldn't necessarily say for the good. Um, We'll get that roster when Vince dies (laughs) (laughs) and Triple H can mold these guys. You know, it's if you go back, you look at what makes a wrestler a quote-unquote Hall of Famer. It's, yeah, you got to be good in the ring, but, like, your character has to be over. You know, you got to have some type of personality and all that. And, like, Lance Storm's one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Yeah. He's talking, like, talking to a fucking wet dishcloth. <laughs> is no personality. So, you know, he he's not a quote-unquote Hall of Fame character. Right. These guys are. He'd outwork any single one of these guys. But these dudes got over with the fans. Um, there was more freedom back then. You know, it's not all do what we say, say what we say, and we'll tell you what, this is going to be great, and it's not. The horrible mm-hmm. spear. <laughs> it was really bad. Bubba took that bad. Yeah. Um, Edge's spear was always terrible anyway. It, it, it's the worst of them it's, all. It's so bad. You know, when you <laughs> compare it to the greatest spears are the Gore and Goldberg. Oh, Goldberg has the greatest spear. Like, because he, every time he hit somebody, it looked like he was trying to kill them. Yeah. And Rhino did the same thing. Yeah. Batista did a spear, but he literally put his head into the center of your chest. Yeah, and I, it was like, he looked like he was too afraid to hit you hard. Uh, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> looks like a nice little roll up, which there. Oh, he did oh, the was up. The was up guy. on his own guy. I love how the Dudleys took that was up thing from yep. like '97 Budweiser off oh, 3D. Yep, and here's the and finish. They, they still do it today when they're together. Yep, and there's the Dudleys' new tag team champions new here. Tag team um, I think it's actually their first time uh, winning as a WWF, and what a pop! And that's what I want to say to you about in this era, dude. It seemed like everyone was over, and because everyone the fans was over were into everything, and you get that on the NXT. NXT shows, you know, yeah. like the fans are into everything that everyone does, and that's what makes that show like really mm-hmm. cool to watch. Because you can turn it on and like, who the hell are these guys? Well, the fans love it, so you're like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And back in 2001, there was no uh, social media. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, there were still the Dave Meltzer's of the world, but you had to pay to get that that information because the internet wasn't super hot in 2001 so realistically I mean you and I had to watch Raw and Smackdown Mm -hmm. no I didn't know I didn't know spoilers in 2001 and I you know how old was I in 2001 I was 15 years old in 2001 I was 17 and you're old Um, (laughs) (laughs) and this is when like you know, I still kind of watched wrestling, but not as much as... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're a junior in high school, you've got other things on your mind. Yep. Um, he, but he just basically called me a complete nerd, because this is were, all I cared about. You were 15, so... <laughs> but, I, like, you know, I was going out, hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. And, you know, that's what's great about the network. I can go back and rewatch all this shit mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I remember this stuff. That's, you know... Uh, no, I, I agree. Um, so let's see. After this match, we have coming Jericho up. And Benoit. Yeah, which is oh, that, so that's going to be a good one. There you go, right there. This match, full of Hall of Famers. The next one, Jericho will get in. Benoit, you know, if he didn't do what he did, he would be in. Yeah. So, and the one after that's Ivory and China, both in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And Angle and Triple H. Angle's in. Triple H will. The entire card is full of Hall of Fame. We're Even a, this guy, Drew fucking Carey, <laughs> is, in, is in the Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah, we're in a backstage. I guess this was obviously taped earlier. Um, by the way, for those who don't know, this is in the New Orleans arena in Louisiana. Um, a very hot crowd, and uh, they pan to a back um, a view of Drew Carey coming in. Uh, you'll see Drew Carey in a couple, you know, backstage uh, promos in a little bit, and then he'll be in the Royal Rumble match. We'll get into that later. Um, obviously, commentating this is uh, JR uh, and Jerry the King Lawler. Um, these two haven't been replicated since, um, and it's a shame. Um, Look at young Michael Cole with those frosted tips. tips. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible to see this. Man, it's unreal how long he has been with the company. It is. Um, I was watching a Raw from 97 the other day, um, and he was the bat. He was doing this. He was backstage doing Mm-hmm. Promos like twenty plus years he's been with the company, that's, and he hasn't game. gotten any better. He's <laughs> yes. terrible. He has, yet to get a, he has yet to get over. <laughs> um, so yeah, the next match here is going to be Chris Jericho uh, against Crispin. Won a ladder match in an era where the number one gimmick was a ladder. Um, and this match will go a little uh, just under nineteen minutes, um, but. When we watch this match, we'll notice pretty quickly that this is just an unreal um, showing. Um, and Jericho's talked about how he's never watched this match back. He says he can't watch Chris Benoit matches because of what happened. Yeah. I'm not Jericho. I'll watch it. I mean, but I can understand why he can't, you know, put himself... What- 
It's funny because I was actually just thinking that when I saw this on the card, I said, okay, it's 2001, so we're going to get a Chris Benoit match. When you watch Benoit matches, do you at all think about the incident or are you just watching the match? Um, like I, I'm, I don't really think about it. Like if it's on, it's like, you know, jokingly, I'll be like, ah, oh, the murderer, you know. Which it's fucked up to joke about because he killed his family. But, yeah. And all you internet marks that want to say, yeah, it's fucking I'm Kevin Sullivan or shut up. Like, what does the FBI have to get out of covering that up for Kevin fucking Sullivan? Right. Stop. Um, but no, I can watch it and just watch the work and, you know, yeah. watch We're- a match without going into everything because I don't let stuff like get in the way of my entertainment that's true I'm watching this it's entertaining to me I don't go back like look at all the things they've done outside of it yeah Um, we're, we're in a backstage segment now and this is you know oh my gosh Look how young Stephanie McMahon looks here, and um, Hunter's arms are goddamn huge. Hunter is just gassed to the gills here. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, literally, the the shirt can't hold the arms. He's had like the biggest biceps in wrestling for like his shirts are always like busting at the sleeves. Not named Scott Steiner. Not, yeah. Well, who never wore a shirt anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and this is this is right around the time where the whole. Uh, Trish Stratus and, and Triple H whole thing was going on and Stephanie wasn't sure if what was going there was like a sexual relationship between the two um, that was another another Vince McMahon dream thing of something sexual with one of the divas at the time um, and then Drew Carey's in this and there's a nice little look at the camera by Triple H <laughs> looking probably for a timing cue um <laughs> Man, it's so weird oh, looking. AP, I a, a, love these segments. These are great. Where they just set up a fucking door, and we're drinking beer, playing cards, smoking cigars. Look how jacked Ron, Ron Simmons He was a fucking is. mutant, man. <laughs> and I always love how when people just walk around the door, they yell at him and tell him to go back <laughs> through the door with no walls. That's so incredible. And then in, in this scene, you guys will see the now past Crash Holly, I believe, show up. Um... But they, like going back to what I was saying, how crazy to look at Bradshaw there, and you know see who he is today, what he looks like today. And then you go back and like, it's been like five or six years now that Triple H has had short hair. It's almost like I forget he had long hair. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable what time does. Um, and there's Crash Holly, um, who, I mean, is dead. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he was basically the the main guy for that hardcore title for as long as it was going on. Yeah, he was like the. The R Truth mm-hmm. of that day, where he always had it, he was always in the mix, and his segments were comical because he walked around with a fucking scale saying he was 400 pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. Looking at these two now as we're getting ready to uh, get into this uh, ladder match with Jericho and Benoit, um, Kyle, your your thoughts on these two at the time? I, I I still think at this era, this was the best Benoit was ever, and this was easily the best that Jericho ever. I mean, Jericho now is not, you know, he can't be the worker that he was back then. Um, this is the best working Chris Jericho. Yeah, his personality came out later on. Yeah. Um, like 10 times what it was here you know yeah. he still had a good promos and a good personality but he came into his own when they when he was more of a main event guy and um 
Speaking of gas, look at Chris Benoit. Uh, it's when he comes out. I, I can't wait to see him come out. And I just, when I look at him, I just think of, I mean, one, he must have been on the absolute perfect cycle that I've ever seen in my life. Not named Lex was, Luger. They said him and uh, Eddie Guerrero were extremely like, regimented. Yeah, and yeah. they read labels and never ate anything bad for them, and showed. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, was there commentary over this? They just cutting it all out. I don't think there's commentary on this. No, I think it's just a really good, a good, a good package. Yeah, and these are all Sahadi done, and um, yeah, there's there's commentary. Yeah, but you are right. There are certain parts of the network with something that has to do with Benoit where they they cut a lot, Um, and it's a real shame with the Benoit thing because I think one of the greatest main events in in pay per view history was that WrestleMania 20. Yeah, against yeah. I mean that's it's a damn shame, man. Um, If you go back and watch his crippled crossface it looks oh, like it hurt yeah and then you see like John Cena's horrible uh, what the fuck's he I came to STF STF and it just looks like even Austin said to him yo tighten that thing up yeah it just it looks like it's he's just interlocking mode. yeah he's interlocking and he's not moving like you can pull back on someone's face like that and not have it hurt that bad where yeah you know this is the best shape that Jericho's ever been in, obviously. Yeah, now he looks, he looks good there. He does not look great now. He definitely looks <laughs> he's like he's 50. had some rock concerts in him. <laughs> uh, had a little bit of a too much drinky poos at, afterwards. Um, but I, I've always been a mark for Jericho. Um, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's... And now he's still good on the mic now. He's tremendous. You know, we cut that promo about, you know, it was a shitty idea from Bay Creative or whatever. Got a massive pop. Yeah. Yeah. He can still talk. Yeah. It's and just he, you can't expect the five-star classics out of him anymore. No. he's 48, 49 years old. Yeah. The last classic he really had was at Omega. That was that, good. That, that was, was really it, good. It was really good. Omega, the biggest star in the, in the world you don't even like really know about oh, now. Man. It's a damn shame. Um, so here comes the aforementioned uh, Chris Benoit. And my God, what I liked about Benoit, Jesus, mother of pearl. Um, the, I don't know how he puts a shirt on with traps nah. like that big. Next to Goldberg, he's got the biggest traps. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I loved about Benoit? And guys, again, I said this in the beginning. I'm going to say things about Benoit. I don't, I'm just not going to talk about what happened the last, you know, 48 hours of his life. This is a time, 2001, where he was the best in-ring worker in the world. And that's just a fact. Um one thing one of the cool things I loved about Benoit he reminded he reminds me of like Dean Malenko when he was in WCW where everything like it felt real like it felt serious like when they when he when Benoit walks to the ring it's like alright there's a there's about to be a fight yeah he's coming to kick someone's ass right Malenko was the same way mm-hmm. in WCW and Malenko doesn't get his due for how incredible nah, he was he's a great worker um, you see like this like yeah. when he whips people in and he does that grunt yeah it's like he's trying to you know yeah. hurt you it, it with everything that Benoit does in the ring it, it it's like purposeful mm-hmm. and he looks like he can hurt you and I mean he can and he ended up doing yes but in the ring I mean, he the way he worked was so serious. It was stiff. It was so tight. Too. Yeah, Everything it was super was tight. tight. Um, but yeah, I, I was just a huge, uh, huge Benoit guy, man. And obviously, it, 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 we'll never see him in, in any Hall of Fame ever. Um, 
um, it, it, it sucks because it, in a way, you God, look I at, hated that title. Sorry. You, you didn't like that? In no. A, no? Because it, it looks like a, cru- like a cruiserweight title. Like, it, it's so small compared yeah. to the one that came before it and after. I just never liked that. Like, I don't like the one now. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I mean, it's... A cool change, because the title outside of this has been the same since I was a kid, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just never liked that one. Because when bigger guys wore it, it looked like a, you know, a That's Texas true belt too. buckle. You know what I'm saying? Like the Rock wore this or whoever. It just it looks so small on them. Can you imagine um, the thermos wearing that, uh, the brother wearing, uh, yeah. <laughs> wearing the, the Intercontinental title on those yellow trunks? Um, he w- he'd love it because it would... <laughs> Brother, brother. Um, the cool thing is about the, the crazy thing is here is Benoit is probably like in his tenth year of pro because I was watching. Um, I think it was a like Clash of Champions in '91, and he was in a match. Ah, it might have been against. Was it against Pillman? It might have been against Brian Pillman. Um, it might have even been against Liger. Um, but. Yeah, he and he was still just as good, and it's amazing. I mean, we know now the the, the the destruction of his brain and his body because, I mean, the guy looked like he was going full speed every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the cool thing about Benoit also, um, and Jericho is the same way. They worked just as good against big guys. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it was about. Um, you know, Bret Hart didn't work well with big guys. Bret was the kind of guy like he wanted to wrestle only guys like a Jericho or Benoit mm-hmm. or. Mr. Perfect. Whereas guys like Jericho, Benoit, Guerrero, um, Michaels, um, they said, geez, give me the big guys all day. Because Cause it, when a the big story's guy, told. Yeah, the story's told when a guy hits them, they can sell and it looks that much more believable. Right. You know, if Michaels sells for Undertaker the same way he sells as Bret Hart, it looks more realistic when Undertaker mm-hmm. hits him. Right. Know, a big or Diesel or something. Right. Now, watching this match, and even though it's a ladder match, uh, Kyle, there's still a lot of technical wrestling. Mm-hmm. Why is it in 2020, I, well, it's early 2020, but why is it now where you have the fans like us, which is the main demographic that they look for? This is the kind of wrestling that we do enjoy. Why is is it why is it gone? Uh, I they can't be somebody's in the back. A wrestler, I mean, a guy like Seth Rollins and AJ Styles probably love to work this style, but it's just not what it is anymore. Do you think it's just so fast paced anymore that it's just they think that this is not what they I want? I think part of it's fast paced and they have to keep everyone's attention. If you look out in the crowd, everyone's watching the match. Yeah. If you watch Raw or SmackDown or a pay-per-view today, you'll see people whose faces are buried in their phones. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're there, they look up every once in a while and then they're back on social media or whatever. So you gotta do these like if you have a chain wrestling match, like People will get bored with it, I guess, outside of, you know, the big wrestling fans. Right. But, you know, if you have, like, they come out, they wrestle for a couple minutes, and they're falling off ladders, then you <laughs> want to see that holy shit moment. Right. More than you want to watch technical wrestling. Mm-hmm. This is now about 10 minutes into the match, and we're just now seeing the ladder being used. So you had a good start, you know, eight to nine minutes of this match of telling the story. And now it's, all right, let's get the ladder involved. Um, your, your thoughts, Kyle, on the amount of ladder matches that we've seen in this era. I guess it was cool because there was different, like, you know, you'd have a match. Jesus. God, what a <laughs> oh my God. 
you you had these guys that were technical doing a ladder match, and then you'd go like you said, the WrestleMania 17, and you have these four maniacs, you know, literally using Six the ladder as yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't mean this. A suicide dive <laughs> into a steel chair. Into a chair. Um, just incredible. Well, the reason you see, like, to go back to what you were saying, you see a lot of ladder matches and TLC matches and stuff like that. After you do something like this or the Mania 17 match, you can't go back to, like, we'll just go have a 15-minute wrestling match. People are expecting this. Right. You're, you know? you're right. It's... You, you have this match where they try to kill each other and then you go back and if someone brings a chair and it's like oh you can't do that you're gonna hurt them it's illegal like but last match we beat the shit out of each other with everything under the ring right you know so they <laughs> they pigeonhole themselves and and as a, a worker like I think Edge was the one who talked about this where he said after they had those ladder matches it was just like well the next ladder match has to be better than right that. how do you keep one upping you can't one up and the guys try to and you can't do it, you know? Right. This is a really good bump here. I'm pretty sure, if I can remember correctly. He's on, uh, Jericho's on the apron. Um, oh, okay. I thought it was something different, but that was still pretty cool. Uh, Jericho's on the apron, and uh, the guardrail, Benoit was hanging off of it. And um, Jericho basically just, like, lunged himself on the ladder. Um, it's amazing how there was just no blood in these matches. Yeah. Um, like, hardway blood. Hardway, yeah, hardway blood, of course. I mean, this is a frick, like, it's a friggin' ladder. Like that. You know how, like, <laughs> on point you have to be not to accidentally crack him in his head with that? Yeah. Let's show this again. Oh, God. <laughs> so you're protected chair shot, but, I mean, it was still probably hit him. <laughs> uh, there was a, I remember watching, um, it was WrestleMania 23. Was it 22? 22. Uh, uh, Michaels versus McMahon. And it was just a, a no-holds-barred match. And Michaels took the, the, the top of the ladder, and he went straight at Vince. And Vince didn't block it. <laughs> and it smashed him right in the face, and there was blood. Every, and it was the hard way, because he just got knocked <laughs> the frig out by a ladder. And, like, Sean looked at him like... Like, are you? Why didn't you defend yourself? Vince has had some of the greatest matches to watch. He's the worst worker in Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh my god! Like <laughs> everything he did was like hokey. When he would fall, he wouldn't bump. He just like tumble over. And, yeah. You know, when he'd take a punch, he would. There was no snap to him taking it. He would just like you know crumble. Yes. Kind of, you know. It looked so bad, but everyone wanted to have matches with him because you knew he was gonna bleed. Or get it the hard way. You're going to beat the shit out of them. And it was going to be a good watch for everybody. Yeah. And you can't find a... He had a match with that dude with one leg and it was good. Zach Gowan. Zach Gowan. Uh, Zach what? <laughs> Zach Gowan. Gowan, yeah. Yeah, Zach Gowan. That was uh, a kid that I legitimately on one SmackDown thought he was legitimately dead after Brock Lesnar. tried killing him in front of his mother. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, this... Um, I think uh, who wins this? Does Jericho win the Intercontinental title in this one? I am trying to remember now. Yeah, Chris Jericho um, gets the uh, the the Intercontinental title here. Um, he was a what a nine time champion, correct? Yeah, because I think the Miz is at eight now. Um, he'll obviously eventually get that. Still not the greatest Intercontinental champion of all time. It's a Hawkeye man. That's correct. <laughs> who is in the Royal Rumble? Correct. <laughs> um, doesn't he get destroyed by Kane? Yeah, he's, yeah, I thought so. Guitar. Oh no, 
This is a tough bump. <laughs> so they were on the top rope there, if you guys saw, and literally they just fell backwards, but Benoit's leg was in the ladder. Um, so, man, you just got to hope that the ladder cooperates with what you want to do there. Um, dude, when you go back and watch these, like, all the ladder matches they had, I'm surprised more people didn't break things. Dude, you I, know? I mean... Pritchard talked about that. He's like, you know, during these ladder matches, the whole time we're a gorilla, like, on the edge of our seats, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, you know, is he going to get hurt? Like, yeah. really hurt? It's, it is. It's, it's, it's really unbelievable to see. I almost feel like the more you, you stage this stuff the more of a chance you guys they have getting hurt if you let them just go out and call it in the ring you know it is what it is um to, like nowadays today these ladder matches they're great but they're just they're they're spotting um so i think we're I good right i really hope this doesn't cut out eh, well i mean if yeah. it does we'll take a break yeah if it does take a break back on, we'll yeah come back. that's fine um so we only missed about four seconds, so we're okay here. We just saw a a, a back bo- a a back suplex for those of you um, from Benoit to Jericho. Um, so, your by the way, your thoughts. Um, what was I going to say to you? Oh, Raw on Monday dropped to a one point eight on the third hour national championship. That I'll give that part of it. I'll give that to them. However, I will say, did you did you see? Oh my god, <laughs> did you see the main event or no? No, I haven't watched it. The fist I fight saw, match. It just turned into a wrestling match. I saw um, <laughs> clips of it on that dude's Instagram, but I didn't watch the whole thing. Okay. I saw the Kevin Owens spot, which was awesome. Yes, um, that that was fantastic. Um, we're going. We're about what? We're two weeks away from the Rumble. Yeah, we're two weeks away from the Rumble now. Um, oh my god! That can go. Is Joey Mercury? It's how bad that can go? <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, Oh my god. I hope you guys can, when you see the replay, I like hear. Let's listen to it. <laughs> Again, that's another one of those things where if you don't time that, like you said, you're Joey Mercury. Yeah, and your face um, explodes on TV. That's that's just so terrifying. Um, yeah, we're a couple weeks away from the Rumble. And there, is there any storyline other than Becky Lynch and Asuka? Nah, and Brock coming in at number. Brock, <laughs> I saw the R Truth segment. He is fucking gold, dude. <laughs> really? He's so good. <laughs> it was so fun. Like, I don't know if Brock knew that's what he was gonna say because he was laughing. He was like it was live, and he didn't know like that was coming. Um, <laughs> but that was he's great. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Look at that. Yeah. Jericho looks like he's legitimately just flatlined. Um, so I'm yeah, trying to- this rumble too. It's also like, like in the past we were talking about this. We basically knew who was winning the rumble the past like six years maybe. Um, this year I got no clue. I know. You know I, I got nothing here. I got nothing. I mean, did you hear today that Cain Velasquez is going to be in the rumble? Yeah. <laughs> so if it- they do a Cain Brock championship match at Wrestlemania it's basically like Brock doesn't want to work anymore like yeah it's basically put, what it is he doesn't want to do matches and you know when he came back he had a good match with Cena Triple H he had that phenomenal SummerSlam match with CM Punk yeah you know now it's like ah give me three minutes I'm just gonna 
across yeah. this guy or whatever. And he had the series of matches with The Undertaker, which he worked for those because he's friends with them. Right. You know, I will but, say he did work great with Ray, mm-hmm. and he worked great with Brian. Yeah. He loves working with them that little guys. That was a really good match, though. That and Daniel Bryan one Triple was... Triple H, yeah. Or uh, not, uh, AJ Styles. AJ, yeah. That was great. I was terrified. Look at this. A Walls of Jericho on top of the ladder. It's just so innovative. Such innovative stuff. Like, when you look at this, it reminds me of when... Um, and look, I, I'll say a lot of things about Bret Hart because I sometimes I just can't stand the guy. I've never met a guy who thought all of this was real more than Bret Hart. Yeah, but he takes himself way too seriously. Way too serious. Um, look at that. God. <laughs> um, somehow, one man laying on the ground with one leg can knock over that entire ladder yeah. with a 220-pound man on it. Um, what was I saying? Bret Hart. Bret Hart. Like, that Walls of Jericho on the ladder reminds me of the innovated stuff that Bret did when he did the figure four on the outside post. Yeah. Oh, it's just so badass to create that stuff. Um, but it was just it, it was just amazing. Now, here we are in 01. You know, we're, we're two years away from the end of Austin. And then we're, oh my God, you have a whole thing of mini Kit Kats. That's for my wife, but she's asleep, so. <laughs> Kit Kats are like one of my kryptonites. Underrated um, candy bar. Um, correct. <laughs> Absolutely. You want to give that to me on Halloween? I'll take all of them. <laughs> um, so we're two years away from the end of of, of uh, Austin. And 2002 was really the last that we saw, maybe even this year, was the last that we saw of the full-time rock. Look at this. Look at this cross face. I mean, that is locked yeah. in. Tapping out, but it doesn't count. <laughs> it's exactly. So, so that's good stuff. Um, it's funny how, like, if this was not a ladder match and he had to win by pinfall or submission, Jericho would be locked in this for a good minute before he'd even think about tapping. Now that it's a ladder match, he can't lose by, he's tapping like crazy. Correct. Like two seconds in. <laughs> you see that all the time in matches. It's hilarious. Absolutely. Um, what we're going to do is we'll probably take a break after this match and then we'll come back and then we'll get into um and we'll get into the ivory and and, and the china match that's a quick one that's that's three minutes we can um, do the next two matches and take a quick break yeah and, the and then prepare for the rumble um because that kurt angle uh triple h match is incredible um i i, I can't wait to also talk about kurt angle because my god I, I know he's done and he's a backstage producer now and you know people kind of don't want to remember that last run he just had with the wwf but my goodness, was it amazing when you go back and you watch um, just how in- 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 he wasn't even a human being yeah. at some points. Kurt Dude, that, that thing I tagged you in on Twitter with him and Chris Benoit, Matt wrestling for like 40 seconds. I could watch that. so quick. Yeah. Everything was so good and tight. <clears throat> Yeah, and Kurt Angle was on another level. He really was. And 01 was like, that was the, that was Angle. 01, 02 was, holy cow. Um, and at this time, I'm sure at this point, he still, he probably had broken his neck twice yeah. <laughs> at this point in time. Um, <clears throat> but these two here are just absolutely destroying each other. You're, we're going to, oh my gosh, please don't tell me you're going to see a superplex here. The damnedest oh, super super pulls. What a flat back. On here we're gonna get oh, the, the headbutt. The CTA off the top of the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> this is the shit that breaks your neck. I don't know how these guys stand on the top of ladders. Oh, <laughs> It's just, I don't get it. The guy um, climb ladders at work all, like, not all the time, but 
They, Fairly often. Yeah. And the whole time I'm climbing up, I'm like worried about falling. These dudes climb on the top, jump off of it yeah. with no problem. I've... I'm also fat and out of shape and have terrible balance. Don't let him tell you Still. that. He's actually ripped and he's completely in shape. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. You'll see that that's a lie. <laughs> um, so, oh my God. Oh, that could have went so bad. What a bump by Jericho. You always could tell when guys loved working with each other. Like, because I'm not sure Jericho takes that bump with, against another guy. Maybe like a, a Neddy Guerrero or a Mysterio, but... Yeah, one of his boys he kind of came up with type deal. Yeah, I'm not sure he takes that bump for a Christian or an Edge. Um, I'm not saying they didn't like each other, but, you know, Jericho and Benoit have been wrestling each other at this point for probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. They, they wrestled each other in Mexico and Japan. Um, WCW. WCW. Um, I'm not sure they were in ECW together. Neither um, of them were in there that long. Yeah, Jericho was in there probably a tad bit longer than Benoit. Um, Jericho was there for a cup of coffee. To, what a oh, what nice, nice sell on that. Great sell. And I think this is where we see Jericho. When? I think this is the, the finish here. Um, another cool thing is back in the in in this era, uh, Kyle, where the finishes. You could tell a lot of finishes had. What candle do you have? It smells incredible. Oh, I had the same one. That's why it smelled so incredible. <laughs> um, the the you this all of these this era had Pat Patterson written all over it mm-hmm. uh, for these finishes. Um, now, is it with this kind of finish? Is this disgust? I was kind of an overdone yeah. by Benoit there. He should have sold and laid on the ground more, but... Yeah, I, I agree there. Um, and look at the crowd just go bonkers. These are two baby faces, right? Or is Benoit working heel here? I don't know. I'm pre- I think Benoit might have been working a little heel, but he was always the in-between. He never was one or the other, really. Jericho, um, he was great as both. He was. I think Better he, as a heel. But. Anyone, you know why? Because I think, to use a term that, that Pritchard would say is, I think that's his real-life personality. Yeah, I was going to say, a real-life <laughs> dick is better <laughs> as a dick on TV. So, to me, I feel like that's why it's what makes Jericho um, a, uh, a, a, a better heel. Um, all right, so Jericho takes the cake there. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into the, the Ivory and China, and then we're going to talk about um, the Kurt Angle uh, versus Triple H for the WWF Championship match right before the actual Rumble. Uh, this is the hot tag. Uh, I am Chrissy Francesco. That is Kyle Barone. Uh, we are through just about 50 minutes of this pay-per-view. So hit pause when I tell you to hit pause, and when we come back, I'll let you guys know when the hit play. So this is the hot tag. We'll be right back in just a few moments. So hang on. Hit pause now. Back hot tag, Christy Francesco Kyle Barone here, and we had just wrapped up the Chris Benoit, uh, Chris Jericho incredible ladder match. Um, I'd probably give it a good, you know, three and a half, four stars. I would have given it five if this took place in Japan or Tokyo, in the Tokyo Dome. I would have definitely bless you. Thank you. You got another one coming? Yep. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to tell you to hit play at 44 44. Um, 
And we're going to do this in three, two, one, hit play. And there we are. Now they're showing that top angle. It's so cool. It is really cool. And I always like hearing Jerry the King Lars say, I hate this angle so much. <laughs> um, taking those bumps. Um, so we got coming up now, we're going to have... I guess a backstage segment. Yes, this is my God. <laughs> Trish Stratus Trish has dumped him out her whole career. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Carey probably honestly has no idea what he's doing in as a human being in front of her right now. Dude, I love when Trish went into the Hall of Fame and she's up there thanking people and she thanked her husband who has nothing to do with the wrestling business and he got booed out of the building. (laughs) People hated the guy because he's married to her. It was hilarious. It's incredible. And I think uh, the king said something about it. He's like, if you ever want to get in the wrestling business, you're already a heel. (laughs) Um, Man, just looking now how incredible Trish looks here. Um, and she was such a great worker, too. She really she was. was. such, a, like, a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. And there's Vince, um, who just... Going, don't look down. Don't yeah, look down. don't look <laughs> Um He's with uh, Drew Carey now talking... Um, they were talking about some kind of comedy thing that Drew Carey was promoting at the time. Um, was this at the time where Vince was, like, in a weird love thing with Trish? Or was that a little bit before later on um, I feel like it was right around this that time. is this yeah because at Wrestlemania 17 he wrestles Shane that's right and that's when uh, he brings Linda who's in a trance or whatever and she gets one of the biggest pops of the night when she stands up go stands back and watch up. that Wrestlemania and turn the volume up when he brings her into the ring when she's all she does is stand up stand and the place pops loud incredible that that is storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's character building, and you don't have that. And you knew anymore. it was bullshit. She wasn't tranquilized or whatever, but you know, <laughs> like, again, the fans were into it. Yeah. Um, this is just good stuff, man. Back in the day with Vince, and Vince just was an animal at this time. Um, so let's see what's going on here. Oh, thanks. Yeah, Trish, do you mind if I chat with you for a moment? Okay, let's... Chat with you for a moment. See you later. Hey, thanks for some advanced pleasure. All right. Man, Drew Carey's a small guy compared to Vince. Um, But that's, that's, uh, man, Drew Carey back in the day. Here's, jeez, mother of... Um, here's, uh, they're showing a backstage thing now. It's Billy Gunn and it's China. Um, this, this is probably the best China ever looked. Yeah. She, uh, the face was when done. She first came out, and she looked like a dude. Yeah, it yeah. Was, she was jacked. <laughs> she was so jacked, and she had this BMF look on her face. All yeah, the, which she was great for the part. Yeah. yeah, and then she got a little work done. She trimmed, like she got lean. Yeah, she got yeah. lean. Had a little bit of surgery done to her chest area, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she trimmed up and was still cut. Um. But yeah, she looked great here, physically. Yeah, for sure. Here's a promo now with uh, Jericho and Michael Cole. Jericho sounds so much different. Amazing how things just change. Um, yeah, he's definitely... Look how short he is. Like Michael I know. Cole's the same height. I know. Yeah, he's definitely... Um, uh, he's definitely working babyface at this point. Um, 
Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble. Um, I'm trying to... Th- was this the last... This wasn't a Pete Rose year, was it? No. Nah. So this was... There was no more Pete Rose at this point. Um, pretty awesome. Um, so we're in two... Like I said, we're this is 2001. This is January. Um, we're really about to enter a whole nother realm of this was pretty much the last year of the Attitude Era at its peak Um, this was right after when China came back right yeah she had neck surgery didn't she I think so I thought she had broken her neck Um, so when when you look at this uh, Kyle like we said earlier at the top of the show we're uh, man she took that pile driver like a champ um Ivory never gets her due as a worker. Nah, she's in the Hall of Fame, but she was such a good, good worker. Yeah, people forget she was in Glow in the eighties, which is incredible. Um, and it, what sucks about this match is, um, it's a squash. Basically, it's a three minute squash, which is crazy because it's for the title too. Yeah, and they squashed her. Um, this was basically them trying to get her and that get China on that return, just shoot her to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they threw her out of the fucking company. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, such a shame what happened to China. Um, yeah. but you know, the world got, uh, two porn tapes out of it. Yeah. <laughs> one night in China or whatever. <laughs> and then they added a second one. Yeah. Oh, Sean Waltman. Now he's a, what, a two-time Hall of Two-time Famer. Two-time Hall of Famer. <laughs> never yeah. say never, man. Um, so we're in January of 01. Valvetus. <laughs> we're in January of 01 and we're two months away from... Um, WCW coming in the week before WrestleMania. They on that Raw, awful timing um, for WWE. But I, I guess you know it is what it is. When you go into the summer, man, you have the Invasion pay per view. Um, do you think that ended up hurting the company? The you know, with the steam that you had with Austin and you had, uh, you know, the American Badass Undertaker, you had The Rock, you had Triple H, you had all this stuff just building and building and building at Kurt Angle. And then you bring all the invasion in and, and you know, we've heard it said so many times, you didn't even get the stars no, of, you, the of invasion, WCW. That's why I said the invasion pay-per-view was so garbage because what it, and we talk about this all the time, fantasy booking about what it could have been yeah. with Sting, Goldberg, the NWO, Rick Flair. You know, it was, and they got who, fucking, like, Booker T was really good coming in. But, right. You know, the rest of the crew was kind of like B-level guys, and, you know, when you look at what it could have been to what it was, it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then at what point, it was in the following year in 02, right, when we got the, the NWO. I think so. Yeah, because... Yeah, because yeah, the WrestleMania 18... Right, because Hogan, Nash, and Hall wanted to cash in on those yeah. on those uh, WCW or those Turner time winner checks. Um, so here comes Ivory. She's the current women's champion. She's coming out to the... At this point, they were doing the right to center. And there's Steven Richards, who was an incredible worker. Yeah, he was a great heel doing this stuff. He was so annoying. You yeah. Know, the right to censor stuff and... Wearing these goofy ass outfits. Yeah, and who were the other ones? It was the Good, the father, good father and Val, and Val Venus. Venus. Yeah. So um, you take a pimp with his hose and a fucking porn star and put him in right to censor where you know all that stuff's bad. How great is the wrestling Which, business? Right. <laughs> um, good. Uh, I always thought China had a great entrance too. Mm-hmm. God, yeah, she's. Uh, to, With I've, her third cannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you know, I don't. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, Conrad, but she is full roll tide at this point, man. Right here. Um, you are right, though. She lost a lot of muscle mass, but she leaned up. She, yeah, she's she still toned caught. it up. Yeah, she still probably Fuck messed me, me up. up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but good for her. She. This is as the best she's ever looked and she was a great worker I mean god like she actually had pretty decent matches with Jericho and Eddie Guerrero mm-hmm. I mean that's a credit to them guys more than yeah. than, than China but the fact um, that you can put a girl with a guy and yeah. have like legit matches is nuts where are you on the women's revolution when you're watching this, it's like, you know, these two could work. China yeah, could go. Ivory could go. Then you had Trish and – oh, my God. And you had Trish and Lita. She just beats the shit out of her for three Oh, this minutes, is basically. like – yeah, I mean, you got uh, – Ivory just takes it like a champ. Yeah. I, I mean that respectfully. <laughs> Go back to what you were saying about the women's revolution today. Yeah. I think it's cool. They have good matches and stuff. But, you know, when you get – like Ricochet or Rollins in there putting on clinics and then you follow it up with Sasha Banks and Bailey. It's like, yeah, it's a it's a good match for a women's match, but they can't next to the guys and what the guys can do physically yeah. and athletically, it's not the same. There are a lot of like, you know, Charlotte, I can watch her work all day. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Becky's pretty good, you know. But uh I don't think it's what WWE hoped it was going to be. I agree. Like, they had that all-women's pay-per-view last year. I don't even think they had it this year. No, they didn't. I don't even know if they're going to have it again. I mean, there's been literally no talk of it. Um, I think Stephanie has mentioned something before. Oh, God. (laughs) Even the... uh the rumble, all women's rumble, like that's cool. But last year they had to pull, like what half of it was legends. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. there's not there's enough talent, but there's not enough star power to have that. Yeah, and I guess we'll get that this year again too. The bunch of legends, maybe, which is cool because it's cool to see. Like, you know, we always talked about part of the cool thing about the Royal Rumble is not knowing who's going to come out. Yeah. And always having like two legends in there. You know, it's like, oh shit, that guy's back, you know. Yeah. Like last year was Rey Mysterio came back, which was probably the pop of the night. Yeah. And Hurricane Helms, which was fucking great. Yeah, it was. You know, when that stand back hit, the place, I was there two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, I was there. It was nuts. Everyone was like, oh shit. And then you have uh, Adam Cole came in. He got a great pop. Yep. Um, Last year's Rumble, wasn't that, that might have been the first year where there might have been no legends when they had a chase field yeah. if I go back and I can I know I mean I can do it now while we're looking I think a couple of like the one like off the top of my head I'd have to go back and look look but yeah I mean I, I really don't think um, well I, I mean I'm gonna check but I, I think that was the first one this year I assume you know we've heard the, the rumblings and the rumors about Edge already being yeah. cleared to basically wrestle um, but he's like like we've heard the, the rumors he can come back so it's not like that big of a surprise it'd be cool to see but like I said the ones where it's like you don't hear shit about it yeah and then they're in the rumble and you're like oh fuck that's awesome yeah like where'd he come you know and you don't expect much out of him mm-hmm. like watch what was it 2012-ish when the Godfather comes back, that was a when his pop. music hits, the place fucking explodes. How about the one you went to when the Dudley when Bubba Dudley, Ray Dudley? Yeah, Bubba Ray Dudley came out. Um, the Boogeyman got a good pop. Diamond Dallas Page got a good pop. Yeah, Diamond Dallas Page got a great pop. But yeah, Dudley, because um, he's a Philly guy, mm-hmm. with ECW, he got a monster pop for that. Yeah, I'm going. All right, so I'm looking now. Um, the 2019 Rumble, which was in Phoenix, so. Blah blah blah. 
All right. So here was the order. That was the women's. I don't care about that. All right. So looking down this line, Kurt Angle came in at four. Jeff Jarrett. Oh, Jarrett. You had yeah. Jarrett. You had Angle. Um, and I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh, Ivory. I'm sorry. Ivory won this match. I for some I forgot. Oh, she did. Because I think they played the angle that China got hurt. Oh. Um, off of a move. I thought this was her coming back and when she. Pete Dunne. Uh, he was from NXT UK. Yeah, Jeff one. Hardy. He's I think, a SmackDown guy. Right. Yeah. And then Nia Jax, which was pretty terrible. Yeah. But I guess it was it pretty was cool. It was cool, though, to see yeah. Nia Jax actually, you know, not that beating women's cool, but, you know, they <laughs> haven't had where a guy physically puts his hands on a woman in a long time. And you actually saw it in the Rumble where, like, she got RKO'd and got uh, 619 and stuff like that. Yeah. Here's Jerry the King Lawler trying to. Try Lay some more pipe. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and there's Billy Gunn. Um, man, what happened? You know, you had Mister, you had the Mister Ass gimmick, which was over like Rover Man with the New Age Outlaws. And you know, we've always known that Billy Gunn can work. Why do you think? Billy Gunn at this point? What was he? Because you're like the one Billy Gunn, maybe yeah. at this point. Well, I think. Uh, Bruce Pritchard talked about it on his pocket. He had asthma. Oh. So, like, he could go, but he couldn't. you couldn't get, like, an 18, 20-minute match out of him. That's, That's why he was great as a tag, because he can get out of there and catch his breath. Right. So, so makes sense. Because it is a shame, because you would think he's the perfect Vince guy. Yeah, his promos aren't great, but... That's true. But he is, like, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, jacked, shredded. Yeah. You know, he and, has um, charisma. He just couldn't talk that well. Right. But he's a good worker, like you said. Yeah. Um, so they're they're really milking this. Um, yeah, the injury that's not an injury. <laughs> that's, not, that's not an injury. Um... That was that was odd. For some reason, I thought that China was the one that went over yeah, on this I match. I thought this was the one. But maybe it was Mania. Maybe Mania was the squash. Because um, this is going into 17. And I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I think China was involved. Um, so as they're preparing this, uh, we're going to go into the, the I guess you could say the main event in terms of singles. Yeah. Which. Triple H. Uh, correct. Kurt Angle match. Yeah. Title. Yeah. And that match is going to come in at, um, I believe it's about 24, a little over 24 minutes. Um, and yeah, then. WrestleMania 17, China defeats Ivory in. Two minutes. Two minutes. That's Two minutes the squash. 30, yeah. So this was a uh, a little bit longer. Um, my God, she her, her body is incredible. <laughs> um, I'm assuming she was with X Pac at this point because this is a couple years after she was with Triple H for a while, um, which is wild to think about nowadays. Yeah. Um. um were you happy to see China go into the Hall of Fame? Or do you think she should go in as a single? She should have gone in as a single. Yeah. I think this is, that was like we've talked about, that was a way for WWE to put her in without putting her in. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they put her in with the group. And they did acknowledge her, which was cool. Um, we were there yeah. at the Hall of Fame when Bret Hart got beat up. Um, <laughs> of yeah. course we're there and Bret Hart gets attacked. But yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see them acknowledge her and talk about what she did because her con- contribution to wrestling should be acknowledged. Absolutely. Um, and she should go in by herself. I don't know if she ever will. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, she should, obviously. So we're... And then you look at 
China, and you look at the original incarnation of DX, she was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was the um, which I, guess I what wonder they why the they muscle. didn't they, why they didn't talk about uh, Rick Rude because technically he was there. Yeah, he was one of the original. He four. was. You yeah. know, he just stood there and didn't say much, but um, <laughs> he couldn't work because he was cashing yeah, in was, mm-hmm. on Lloyd's of that the, the old Lloyd's of London deal that some wrestlers had back then. I know Mr. Perfect had that for a long time as well. Um, yes. So, have you watched AEW lately? No, I haven't, like I said, because still don't have fucking furniture upstairs. Um, <laughs> and that's where my DVR is. Oh, okay. Where, you know, I have, it's probably full because I haven't been on it in forever. But usually when I'm working, I either get up early or I'm working overnight. So, I'll watch everything on DVR and I watch it upstairs. Mm-hmm. And I haven't watched it. But Because um, right. I just want to ask if you had heard lately how JR sounds. Uh, I, I watched it last I night. I've seen so many. It's, it's. He's a shell of himself. Yeah, it's, it's sad. It is sad. Um, I mean, he messes up a lot. He um, he just sounds tired. Yeah. And it sucks because if you listen to his podcast, he sounds great. Um, I just feel bad because I think Tony Schiavone does a great job. Man, I, I love Tony Schiavone. I loved him in WCW. Um, I think Excalibur is horrible. <laughs> I saw today they, uh, <laughs> they, signed, they Taz. signed Taz. Which, when he was commentating here, he was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if we get to get that out of him in AEW, which him and uh, Schiavone could be a good good team. I assume, they, what would they do? Would they replace Excalibur? Is he the dude in the mask? Yeah. I don't know. I guess. And then here's... Oh, is this... This is Trish, right? Yep, that's Trish. Mm-hmm. Here, sit down. You need more attention than I do. Hey, Trish. Speaking of touching, you get involved... Stephanie's pretty tall. She really is. She's a very intimidating person. She wears heels and stuff, too. But you see when she gets in a ring with all the uh, the women today... It's like Nia, her, Charlotte, and everyone else is real short. Right. She's such a dad, too. She really She's is. so good at being a cop. Um, oh, Harvey was, That's Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's incredible. It's a massive lock. It was, that's probably all in dude's shit. Oh, good God. He was so jacked. It, dude, it was... I'm wrestling too now. I'm a wrestler too now. Would you ever cons- think that he was on the gas or just think it was naturally huge? I, I I don't know because I think he was probably juiced. Because if you watch him when he first came out and how fucking big he was. Yeah. And everyone was doing it back then, yeah. you know. Do I think he was like a hardcore Batista steroid guy or, you know, one of the where they look like a bodybuilder? No, but I'm sure he did it too. Yeah. Look at this. D'Lo Brown. Underrated worker of that mm-hmm. era. And then who's that in the middle? What's his name? Um, no fucking clue. <laughs> man, I forget. Man, I, th- I was just thinking about it. And here is Vince. There's Tiger Ali Singh. Yeah. That's it. Who's the dude on the right? That was one of the... headbangers? Yeah, one of the headbangers. This is Vince saying, you know what? I really don't want to fire anyone right now, so we'll find something for you. Yeah. Taking up... TV time at the Royal Rumble. Um, man, this was prime Vince, too. Mm-hmm. What great superstar are you thinking? 
Oh, he's basically telling me he's been replaced in the Royal Rumble. So I'm assuming this is him telling him that um, Drew Carey, yeah, is replacing Tiger Ali Singh. <laughs> um, isn't it crazy when you see Tiger Ali Singh here and then like four years later, Muhammad Hassan comes on the scene and literally turns the whole place upside down. Yeah. Um, WWF New York, I remember walking by that one time and never going in there and I felt bad, but... From all reports that people talk about how much of a nightmare it was. Yeah. Um, actually, to be honest with you, when that first opened, I thought hands down it was going to be one of the greatest things that they've ever done. It, on paper, it seems like yeah. a cool idea, but yeah. not in New York. Like, There's so much other shit to do in New York. People aren't traveling to New York to go to a WWE restaurant. You know? Right. Um, like we always talked about now, if they had a physical Hall of Fame, it would be awesome to do it. And if they did like a restaurant at the hall, like it'd give you something to do. Right. While you were Why I. We saw when we were at WrestleMania all the stuff they have. Holy cow. They, they kind of do like a mini Hall of Fame there with all the jackets and ring gear and yeah. posters and the stuff. The WWE access. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if they did that some other place, like we always said it'd be cool to do it in Connecticut. Yeah. We're kind of close to there, but. Yeah. Um, if they did it in Florida where NXT. NXT is I think they'd get more traffic cause like you go to Disney a lot yeah you would be like yo we'll take one day and go to the Hall of Fame you know, absolutely right around the corner. And you gotta think a lot of wrestling fans go to Disney and go to Florida to vacation you know when I went to Florida the one year we drove an hour and a half out of our way just to go to Hogan's Beach Shop before we caught our flight why? cause I'm a wrestling dork and I wanted to go to it <laughs> That, that place, yeah, I know. He he was ripped there too, but I mean, he wasn't as shredded as the narcissist Triple H who was just staring at himself yeah. in a mirror. Um, when you the Hogan's Beat Shop, that's that's a small place, the right? The one I went to was the, I think he has a couple now, but the one I went to was the original, and it's literally a hole in the wall. It's so small. Has some cool ass shit in there. A lot of like you know, it's all merch, but on the back wall, it's just titles signed by him, which oh, is cool. That's a awesome. bunch of titles. And they have titles that aren't signed you can buy. Um, but yeah, it's like in a strip mall type deal. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's probably the size of my, not even as big as this basement. Wow. Um, so take this basement, which is, I think it's 30 by 13. Yeah. 30 by 14. Yeah. And then put a bunch of stuff in here. And you can imagine how, like racks of clothes, walls of toys, belts, two counters. You know, it's really crammed, but it is cool to go and, you know, go buy a couple of things. You can say you're at Hogan's Beach Shop. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Were you at the one that had the, the statue up front? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what's great about this? This whole entire program here, and they were great. This, the whole um, Triple H. Yeah, I know. Arms are looking really good, Vince. Do they I think that's one of the greatest fucking <laughs> impressions Bruce does. <laughs> so vascular. <laughs> the, the, um, what was so great about this rivalry, Triple H and Kurt Angle had such great chemistry, mm-hmm. these two. But what was so good, then I don't think the WWE could do it today because I just don't think they value the creative like they did back then. So here are the the people you had involved. Stephanie McMahon, Trish Stratus, Vince McMahon, Triple H, and Kurt Angle. They were able to put... Four, 
basically three different stories into in one, and they all made sense. It all made sense each and every week on on SmackDown and Raw. You, there was nothing that got too convoluted. It all came together, and there was there was a build, and it was just so cool. How back then you could invest in into the characters. I can't invest in anybody now. Yeah. And I was just talking to our friend Jay today. How, you know, I. And we, and this is all hindsight 2020. This is what you and I, we do it all the time. And we talk about how much we can't stand seeing one guy for this long and all, blah, blah, blah. You, it's been like over two years, three years or so since this guy's been consistently there. But boy, does the company miss John Cena yeah. every week. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's, you, it, it's unreal. And it's funny when he was there all the time, we fucking shit on him. <laughs> you know, about how, like, God, dude, when will he turn heel and yeah. this, that, and the third? But yeah, it's, you know, they do miss. And it shows. They star. They have dearly. no star power. And it's and it's a shame. They have Brock, but he's not there. He's never, and he doesn't work when he is there. <sighs> right. <laughs> is Triple H the only guy in history, like right there, he has jeans on, but, yeah. who pulls off a leather jacket and sweatpants? Because before that, when he walked to the ring, he had those like Adidas swishy pants oh, on yeah. and a leather jacket. Is he also the only guy who can pull off folding the arms of a leather jacket? He rolls. His he rolls. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only dude who rolls up the sleeves of a leather jacket. Oh, I love him. And he pulls it off. Here he is. This is a uh, 2000 and 2001 Triple H is probably as gassed as any pro wrestler I've ever seen. Wait till he comes back from when he tears oh his uh, my He was God. way bigger than that. Was O2, that was 0-2, the following 0-2, year. 2 yeah. When he came back from that, he was fucking jacked. <laughs> I mean, he's jacked there, but yeah. when he came back from that, it was like, I can't work my legs, so it's seven days upper body. It's an upper body business, <laughs> I was about to say, it's an upper body business, pal. Um, yeah, I remember Armageddon 99, that Hell in a Cell. He, he was literally 2% body fat. Yeah. He was huge. Um, but look at Stephanie, man. Look she was so, bitch face. Yeah, she's she, so good at it. Oh, I can't stand her, and I haven't my whole life watching her. Which means she's doing Which means, <laughs> and I tell my wife, my wife loves Stephanie. So I go, so I hate her. So it loves Steph. And knowing that my wife loves her tells me she's doing what she's supposed to do. Like, Morgan, my wife always said, I just love how awful she is. Yeah. I was like, I hate it. <laughs> you didn't watch her in 2000 and 2001. Sonya um, loves how she's so, like, when she comes out there, she commands the room. It's like... That's true. She's in charge type deal, and she likes that. But, oh, dude, she's such a bitch. Which was great, you know. It's funny how now, which I don't like her now because they'll so literally corporate. show an anti-bullying campaign yeah. with her talking to kids about not bullying, and the next segment she comes out and she's slapping people and being a bully. But it's a work, pal. I get, yeah, it's a work. <laughs> you could have spaced those commercials. You really could have. You know? Yep. Um, I need. Sh- I love reading some of the signs. And here, okay, so now it's time to talk about Kurt Angle and. So at my wedding, I came out to Triple H's music. And after you got married at the church, you left the Kurt Angle's music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Someone pointed out it was, uh, it was the Patriots music. But, <laughs> oh, it happened Jay. It had, no, it no? John. Oh, of course John it was. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course that was him. Um, but, man, like, 
Stephanie made everything matter. <clears throat> Even when, like, you could tell she knows that camera's not on her, but she's saying to herself, you know, she's in it. Mm-hmm. She's, and same with Trish. They're just so good. So in this match, man, you have two different stories going on, and it all works. Yeah. I just, I don't know why it's so hard to do that now. How um, is Earl Hefner not in the Hall of Fame yet? Because he... Worked for he pirated. Company. He pirated yeah. money. Yeah. Did he really? I never got <laughs> the whole story that. apparently was that him and his brother was it David Hebner? Did- Dave Hebner. Yeah, yeah. They. Wait, they- that was really his brother. The guy really didn't get plastic surgery that paid for by the million dollar man <laughs> to make him look like him. Just a screw I'm Hulk Hogan. I'm really sorry to, ah, to tell you. This. Childhood ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they were getting like their T-shirts and like wrestlers' T-shirts, and on the side they were selling them. Oh, I never heard that. So, like, they were using, they were doing like their own little side business with WWE merch. Oh shit! <laughs> and like Vince apparently went up to him and asked him, like, "Are you doing this?" And he lied and said he didn't, mm-hmm. and then he fired him. Uh, so apparently, Bruce talked about it how. If Earl would have admitted doing it, he probably would have just been like suspended or something like that. But he probably would still be with the company today. Um, when you go back and watch, you know, WrestleMania one through thirty-five, oh like up until he's all over the place. Yeah. Earl Hebner's ref yeah. some of the biggest matches absolutely in the history of wrestling. Yeah. He's all, what I always liked about Earl is that he's always the one that would give Rock his blade and then take the blade away from yeah, the Rock. They, he did, was not good at hiding that. Nah, but, it's great too now when you go back and watch matches and you know someone's about to bleed. Yep. You catch it. Yep. Now you're like, where's he gonna? Ah, there it is. He handed it to him right. Yep. There. You see it with Hogan all the time. All the time. Hogan, like, man. For Puts like it a in minute. His, yeah. Like <laughs> when he takes it out, but like a minute before he bleeds, he'll work the match with one fist yeah. clenched. Yeah. Because he's holding the fucking blade. It's hilarious. Yeah. What? That's why like the guys that were really good, like Flair. Like, you never knew when he did it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Michaels. I never knew when he did it. Some you see later on. Where yes. You're like, that was blatant. Yeah. <laughs> you don't pick up on it when it happens. Yeah. But, like, when he falls back and you see, like, he <laughs> like, cracks himself three times in the head. I like, wish you guys saw it. <laughs> he almost knocked <laughs> himself You know out. the match I'm talking about, though, when he, like, I forget what hits him, but he goes back and he just... Like, hits himself three times blatantly in the forehead, <laughs> and then they pan back to him, and he's just gushing uh, on. The, the best blade job I've ever seen was WrestleMania 20, was Michaels, Triple H, Benoit. Benoit goes to give a slingshot to Michaels, and this whole time to this day, I still look like, when the hell does he take it out of his wrist? Because Michaels always had it in his wrist tape. He goes down, and like, literally, boom, boom, boom. He goes down, and he's, as he's being slingshotted, he puts it, like, up to his head real quick. Like, he's, like, acting like he's getting ready, like, flat back on his back. And, like, literally, as he gets slingshotted up, he just goes like this, and he hits the pole, and he comes up, and it's everywhere. Yeah. I'm like... I remember that. He did it, like... As he was in the air. A second too soon because he was bleeding way too much when he came down. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I remember, like, watching that back and being like, you see him as he goes up. Yeah. Like, oh, there it is. Yeah, it was yeah. like, holy cow. Um, yeah, he's next to Flair. 
Michaels is top two gushers of all time. <laughs> yeah, he played it. He fucking played it. He yeah. went deep. <laughs> he did. Um, that's why you can't do it anymore. Yeah, that, Jericho. That, that, that son of a bitch. Because he dug in the memories in his brain. <laughs> he was he was hitting his forehead so hard. <laughs> oh my god. Austin was a gusher too. Mm-hmm. Austin could really. Well, he had that bald head. So yeah. when, the greatest um, gusher of all time is still Eddie Guerrero and JB. Oh my god, I thought he was gonna die. That match was like you know when he comes. You see him hide himself so he can bleed, but when he turns around, you can see with the beating of his heart, <laughs> it's just coming out of his forehead. That happened to John Cena once too, right? Yeah, against oh, JBL. God. Man, JBL almost killed two people yeah. in the ring, and he had nothing to do with it. Um, so, cool story that um, I, I, I heard, I reheard today, because it's hard to listen to something to wrestle now, because... You know, it's so quick. It's quick, and you know, there's not a whole, there's not too much that Bruce, I guess, can say now. And the fact that, again, I don't, I don't like ripping people because I do appreciate what Conrad does. Um, he reinvigorated the entire world of wrestling, like mm-hmm. podcasting. But there's such an AEW agenda nowadays because I he, he basically works for the company yeah you were saying that with his other podcast I haven't listened to his other podcast oh like today that. with JR man I couldn't get through the first 15 minutes uh, it was just non-stop AEW this AEW that greatest thing that ever happened in the history of mankind since the airplane which I mean if AEW's giving me checks too I'd be I mean I guess you're probably thing. right you're not wrong I, I mean I'm considered a shill for WWE and I rip them more than anybody yeah. um, but whatever um, so there's a cool story that I went back and I listened to uh, I think it was the 98 Royal Rumble they were talking about because it was right when Angle was about to become he was just about going to wrestling school and it was the same time as uh, Sean Stasiak Sean Stasiak second generation wrestler Kurt Angle in his whole life was trained not to land on his back mm-hmm. so they said they knew Dr. Tom Pritchard Bruce's brother was training with um, these two they came in they went to the, to the same like OVW performance center type training back then um, they were in the developmental and they were in the same class and they knew that Sean Stasiak wasn't a fu- the future of the company or a future big star because on the the first day um, of the training, Sean Stasiak had been wrestling professionally for like four years up to that point. So he come in, and Kurt Angle, who, like I said, was trained his whole life, Olympic gold medalist, was to never go on his back, was literally hitting the mat with flat back bumps with as if he has been a 10-year veteran and Sean Stasiak was struggling hitting flat back bumps. Yeah, I've heard a bunch of stories about how when Kurt Angle was there for an hour, he's teaching other guys how to do it the right way. Yeah. And he's just as new as all of them. Yeah. Or newer, like you said, with Stasiak. And, yeah. Know, like, I think Pritchard talked about how Stasiak got caught up in the... Um, you know, he was kind of entitled to. Oh, for sure. He thought like, you know, well, I'm second generation. I'm good. I don't have to work right. as hard as everybody else. Right. Which it, oh, Orton was like that, hunter. but it came so natural to him. Orton yeah. could get away with being lazy. Uh, oh, Orton makes looks so lazy because it looks so easy. It's so easy. Yeah, it's so um, second nature to him. Your thoughts on, on Triple H at this time? Because obviously we're in an era now where everyone hates Triple H. Um, and it's a shame because, yes, he married the daughter. But, but guess what? I mean, 
I'm really happy that the company is going to be in his hands eventually. Yeah. But he's he, got a, such a great mind for the business. He, he really does, and he loves it. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that to this day, the thing that pisses me off the most is when people say that he buries people. He's got like the worst win loss record of any main yeah. eventer of all time. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are like, you know, you can go back and see a couple runs where it's like, but it's part of the storyline, and then. Where it's like, dude, that guy should have gone. Like, Booker T should have gone over. Agreed. Kind of. Because um, back when Booker T wrestled, Triple H was still on top. But, like, Sheamus, when he beat Sheamus, it was like, God, ah, dude, come on. Sheamus and was it, up and coming. And in 2000, what was it, 11? He shouldn't have beat CM Punk CM at Night Punk. of Champions. Yeah. Like, there are a couple times, but to say he, like, buries everybody. Yeah. It's not. You look at the last, like, seven or eight WrestleManias, he's put, he, except for Sting. That maybe should have yeah. gone the other way. Maybe not. But, and, and like people talked about, like, oh, Sting should have won. But like, the ending really didn't mean anything to me. And they said that to like, who won the match at Triple H? What do you remember about that match? You remember they, the NWO? Yeah. You remember DX coming out? Yeah. You remember Shawn Michaels? You remember everything else? But right. It's like it made like they kind of built that up to where like the quote unquote face of WCW against one of the faces of WWE. Yeah. Well, sorry to break it to you, but it's a WWE show. Right. Triple H should have won it. Yeah. You know, he should have gone over and beat the 55-year-old who was a shell of himself. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and he looked, and he was good in that match. I mean, Sting, Sting more carried himself well. Yeah, Triple he jumped H off obviously, the top rope. He I, was 55. I know. You know, yeah. And, and you, you mean, Sting has done interviews since then, and Sting has said, I, I don't, when I look back at that match, I don't even remember that I lost. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. People like you and I can understand, I mean, it's, it's a work. Yeah. This is what pisses me off about AEW, is that they, they feel like this win loss record means something. Mm-hmm. You, we're not five. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. we all know that you're gonna put over who you wanna put over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why do you gotta give me a win loss record? This isn't a real sport. Yeah, <laughs> like they do it to try to make it seem more real, but it's like but you can't, everyone knows what it is. It's, it is what know. it is. And and they're they're gonna paint themselves into a corner with that with the fifty fifty book and like I said, yeah. When you got a guy who's five and four facing a guy who's seven and six, it's right. why should I watch this? You know? Right. Um so, yeah, Sting, um, he got his WrestleMania moment. He yeah. got to come out there. He's never seen a fucking crowd like that in his life. No. You know, with WCW, never had crowds like that. TNA, Japan might have had bigger crowds, but it wasn't the American crowd that yeah. loved him. And you didn't have the pyro. You didn't, no, have, you didn't have the, the machine production behind, behind him. Yeah. It was, it was good for him. I'm glad we got to see him. Yeah. It was um, really cool seeing Sting because he was still in his right you know, good shape back then. Um, like you said, he could still pretty much work. I think the match went a little bit too long. Yeah. But it gave them kind of a chance to chill out with all the, the WCW, with the NWO stuff coming out. It was just, and it was, the thing. It it was, was so long. cool. It was long because of all the extra stuff. Like yeah. You, you had the NWO came out and there was that long pause watching those old guys walk through right. the ring. And then, you know, when DX came, there was a long pause for them to come, you know, so. Um, when, so like I was telling you, asking you earlier, and then we got into WrestleMania 31, which is fine. Yeah. Um, when it's a three-hour show, you're going to get into all Yeah, things. you're going to sidetrack. When you talk about Hunter in this time, what, would you still consider Hunter one of the best workers you've ever seen? Yeah, for he's definitely the best. Heel. Well, no, like quote-unquote okay. body guy because hmm. he's jacked. And 
like when you put them up there with like who were the best quote unquote body guys Warrior, oh. Batista, Hogan you know all the guys that were these big muscular dudes couldn't move like him couldn't sell like him couldn't work like him so he's a we've said it before he's never had a bad match he doesn't have bad matches with guys especially like in this era when he's working with horses like Angle and stuff oh you're you know, right it's, it's he has great matches with little guys with big guys yeah you know his matches with Michaels were always great yeah he had great matches with The Undertaker um, and what was great about Hunter is that when he got into those mid 2000s when he was kind of pretty husky he was kind of junky yeah. actually that he changed his style because that was when he was evolution and his heel work he uh, sold great. so much more he was so I, I just thought he was always so giving um, his timing and Hogan's talked about this too when remember Hogan came back and he had the battle of the biceps between him <laughs> and uh, Hogan said he was watching a match one day with his son Nick and he was watching Triple H and he said man I really want to work with that guy like watch his timing everything he does is perfect yeah like when he gets hit the snaps are great when he goes into a corner it's everything looks good yeah he was definitely what they say a student of the game mm-hmm. like he knew he just knew everything he knew how to do almost everything and I I love Triple H man I and I did back then I was a big DX guy obviously and he was with Michael so I naturally just enjoyed him anyway um, and then when he got into these rivalries with like the Kurt Angles it was just like man he's just so good and then and these he, are the things too like we can go back and watch it and appreciate the work he did more yeah now. absolutely you can look at it you know with without, right like you know your blinders on where oh he's the bad guy I don't like him yeah when we're we're months away he has a, an incredible Wrestlemania match with The Undertaker that was when um, at Wrestlemania 17 he was played out by Motorhead uh-huh. um, which was badass and you know it's a great match but it gets overshadowed by the other two they had together because you know the Hell in a Cell was one of the best matches ever and the one before that was like I think it was Undertaker's last good in-ring match like the Hell in a Cell had a lot of because after that match with Triple H the, their second one not the Hell in a Cell Undertaker left for the whole year that was the first time he did that that's right he was an active wrestler up until that and then he got carried out um, so remember two, that yeah, so he, the first one in 2011 yeah that like street fight type work he that was caught great Triple fight. H in the uh, Hell's Gates and Triple H walked out and Undertaker didn't oh and that's didn't right for the whole year that's right and then they started showing those uh, vignettes of him cutting his hair or whatever and then he came back for the Hell in a Cell wow. so that was like the end of his career kind of you're right the end of his full time career yeah wow I don't remember that yeah, like, to... that match was good they put each other through tables and I think that was the last suicide dive he had oh thank god and then the next year the hell, the end of an era uh, was a great match with Michaels as the referee yeah the end of an era such a good story what a terrible slap that was Ooh, that was good that was good well she Stephanie she and Trish going, yeah. oh that was stiff that looked good oh that also looked good Dear God, the things they do. Oh my God, the things it's they funny do. How, like, instead of beating her on the ground, beat her on the str- table. He straddles her. Yeah. And then he str- <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? Here's what you gotta do, girl, little girl. There he comes <laughs> with his puke jacket. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do, little girl. When you get Trish on that table, I don't want you to keep hitting her. No, you've got to straddle her. <laughs> you gotta, I'm gonna come out. And I'm gonna come out. I'm gonna grab you. her. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
<laughs> he loves every second yeah. of this. You know it too. You know it's funny, like he how in character he is. There's a lot of things where you would do this and like you know kind of laugh. Yeah. But he stays in character 100 percent of the time. He still gets his classic Vince looks in. That's <laughs> awesome. He's just pure business, and it's great. God, that jacket is hideous. It's so bad. Oh, <laughs> Vince loved every second. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hands just sliding Hand up. Hands sliding up. Yeah. Oh, I love him That's so great. much. That's, it's just good stuff. What are Angle and Triple H doing? <laughs> <laughs> They're just getting a breather. Yeah. And the cool thing is, like I was saying, here, not the cool thing, but we're, let's just say, like, we're a couple months away from... Austin turning heel, and then you got the two-man power trip. Which was a great run. I really enjoyed it, and then that was when Hunter tears his quad. Um, and then, man, he was out for, what, 10 months, right? Yeah, he was out for oh a long time. Oh, my God, so long. He came back. Biggest pop I've I ever heard in my entire life. On Twitter or something, they were like, you know, 18 years ago, Triple H come back from... So he was out. For, yeah, basically, like almost a whole year, My like gosh. nine months or something, and yeah, that pop was great. It would have been better if they didn't announce it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was still a fucking huge pop, but um, people knew, which makes the pop kind of even better because, like, even more impressive because you knew it was coming. Yeah, and they still cheered. It wasn't like yeah. an out of nowhere, nowhere yeah. thing. I, I I still think to this day it's the second biggest pop I have ever heard in my entire life. The first one being that one raw that Austin yeah, came out. Austin came out. Like the camera shook for yeah. the television camera. And like we said, there was fourteen thousand people there, and it got that loud. I know. The other pop I always talk about is when Brock came back. That when, was when Cena called asked for the Rock to come out, and his yeah. music hit. That place fucking blew. Yeah. You kind of heard whisperings about oh. He might be going back to the WWE but there was nothing in writing there was no hard like spoiler that yeah he 100% signed in this and when his music hit everyone went nuts Mm -hmm. that's a good point Um, that's a great one actually and I remember the one in 2011 I remember when The Rock came back for the first time in 8 years yeah when they holy no one knew no No one knew he was the host of Wrestlemania or whatever looking back when they did the whole electricity thing throughout the crowd you kind of but I remember watching that when it happened they were like who is it yeah and then if you smell hit the place fucking went nuts I like right now I actually I have goosebumps thinking about that because I Every once in a while, I will legitimately just go YouTube it mm-hmm. because I just want to hear it again, hear like that pop. Because I remember watching it live, I'm thinking to myself, like it can't. Be, I mean, no, you could have asked me to name a hundred people in 2011, I would never have thought to rock. Because he was so rem- far removed yeah. from the wrestling business. It was seven years, right? Yeah, 2004. Yeah, the WrestleMania 20 was the last time he had wrestled. And, um, man, when he came out, one, he wasn't nearly as jacked as he is nah, now. he trimmed up for movies and stuff. Yeah, trimmed um, up. <laughs> it's a shame his, his dad passed away the other Oh, yeah, I mean. You know, 75 years old. Yeah, still haven't heard anything from The Rock. Nah, like, I think he's, you know, he'll probably put a statement out, but he's, you know. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, he's mourning right now. Yeah, wow, that was a bad. I didn't even know, was he sick or anything? Uh, it came out today that a couple days ago he just wasn't feeling well, and everyone in the family just thought he had the flu. And then he just didn't go to the doctors or anything like that. And then, like, two days later, like, the same guy or whatever called the family 
again and he said no I'm just not feeling better um, they just thought he had the flu he was just sick and then next thing you know he passed on Monday man that's a shame yeah um, I showed my wife uh, a picture of, how he doesn't age yes he does not age his face has not aged in 30 years <laughs> there was a picture of him and uh, his son the rock from probably like you know 2009-ish because mm-hmm. the rock skinnier you could tell he was doing those moves and then they showed a picture of him and Tony Atlas from when they were a tag team in the 80s and I showed my wife and I was like look at the face take away the gray hair hasn't aged a day it was nuts smoothest oh, moonsault it, in wrestling history hands down so the smooth. nicest he got air on that mm-hmm. thing man god Kurt Angle was so good Earl Hebner has the worst false he, three. He really did. You go did. back and watch it. Mm-hmm. You see like one, two, and he always kicks when it's a false finish. Yeah, it's always slow. Look at this. My gosh. It's so, so natural. I know. Like he's supposed to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to see a plancha here by Triple H. I'm just kidding. He's never done any of those ever. I'm not even sure he's ever done a baseball slide. Um, Hunter was just like that flair worker. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can, I can't even maybe remember more than more than twice I saw Hunter go on the top rope. I mean, yeah. obviously flair did it every night. But. Hunter might have done it more. Now I'd have to go back and watch when he was like the blue blood or whatever. Oh, when he was a little smaller. Yeah, but. Uh, he didn't need to. And no. Every time Flair went to the top rope, he got body slammed off it. <laughs> I agree. You're real quick, and I want to ask you this before, man. The acting on Triple H's back is so bad. Where that came from? He might be allergic to something. Um, what? Uh, oh my! I, I, I. He just said that. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I didn't know. I swear to God. <laughs> Oh my god, a hip toss from the top rope. Guys, I swear to god. I've never seen Triple H in the top rope. I, 30 seconds later, he's climbing. I had rope. no idea because I, I didn't watch this match before coming here, so I thought my money's on Triple yeah. H. It's a good sign. Nears Hebner, he died. Uh, <laughs> what was your favorite year of wrestling? Oh god, I have. Um, I guess from nostalgia standpoint, 89. Because wow. as a kid, I loved everything back. You know, I was a, I was a kid. It was the greatest thing in the world. Were you watch six that. in eighty nine? Six, yeah. Wow, so everything was Five real. Turning six, I didn't turn six to the end of eighty nine. Um, but yeah, like Ebner. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> from like I remember, like I remember telling you, my earliest m- memories of wrestling were when the Mega Powers exploded. Oh, so cool. So I know I watched wrestling before that, but. That's the stuff I remember. It was them as a team. <clears throat> and then I remember the Saturday night main event when they wrestled the Twin Towers. Oh. And Savage got thrown through the ropes, hit Elizabeth. I remember all of that. That was a stiff bump for Elizabeth. It man. was. Um, I remember the fight backstage. And I remember that feud. I remember WrestleMania five. That's impressive for a six-year-old. Yeah, I remember all that stuff. Uh, wow. And going back on the network now, I remember watching old Saturday Night Main events, and I'm like, dude, I remember this shit, too, you know? Uh, like, you kind of brought back memories. Does it all hold for you? Like, does it all, like, do you do you watch it? Like, is it, do you look at it as campy now, or did it does it hold over? Some of it is, but it's like, 
like I said, it's just cool seeing that shit from when I was a kid. Yeah. So I love watching it. Even though the wrestling today, like the in-ring stuff yeah. is, you know, way more entertaining, exciting. Like there were Mac guys back then that yeah. were, you know, rude, perfect. All those guys were great. But, but that was back then yeah. where you, they were large in life, like cartoon characters. Yeah, it was like, it was. Like I said, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> as a kid, you see that big ass dude just kicking the shit out of everybody. He's the coolest dude on the face of the earth. Austin, Austin. His first interaction of the night. By the way, this was a this was the time when Triple H laid in the pedigree. Yeah. Like he, when he kept the arms pinned back. Yeah. Man, look at Austin, dude. Wherever he was, that crowd just goes bonkers. We talked about this too on Raw's back then. He could come out seven times a night. Every time the glass breaks, people go nuts. Yep. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah, probably like from a nostalgia standpoint, eighty nine. But then all this stuff was great. Like you know, when Austin started going on his run, Mm -hmm. it was fun to watch every week. So like ninety nine ish, I guess. Mm. But I kind of like I said when I hit high school, I didn't watch it as much. Um, what about you? What's your favorite year? So. I would when I first started watching wrestling. Let's see, I was here comes four kick wham. Man, Triple H was great at that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say, okay, so '90 was when I first started watching wrestling. I was four. I, I, the only few things I remember vividly is when I, the first match I saw, who I liked, and then I remember pretty much everything after that. Um, but like leading up to it, like it was like off and on. My favorite year. I really enjoyed uh, 96 and 97 because that was, let's see, I was 10 years old, so I was really, like, loving it. And we just saw the finish here where Austin comes in, beats the crap out of Triple H, stuns him in the middle of the ring, a, a bleeding Triple H, and Angle just rolls over for the see, cover. he's kind of bleeding. He didn't lay into that blade job. Nah, he didn't. Because there's, you know, I got these titles right here in front of me. <laughs> I would have to hit you so goddamn hard with this thing. Yes. To get you to bleed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they religiously, you know, title to the head, now they're bleeding. Yeah. For those of you who also want to know, Triple H laid into his forehead. If you go look at some Google images, like, I mean, there's like one area like where he is now where if it didn't come out right the first time, man, that sucker went for it again. Mm-hmm. So, oh man, that kind of hurt so bad. Um, so, 97-98 was 96-97 because Shawn Michaels was just unbelievable um, at that point. You know what's funny? My favorite year of wrestling, and you're going to probably find this odd was like 0405 I really I loved well one I thought 0405 was a phenomenal Shawn Michaels couple years we, we've talked about this too where his main event run in 95 96 or whatever like he was the face of the company yeah but and when he, he came back he had a better run like he was better which in is the ring, which is nuts <laughs> I I loved him in 04 because one he had that rivalry with Triple H he had a really good run against Jericho and then in 05 he had the great run he had the 0405 was my favorite because he had and then 05 the rivalry leading in the WrestleMania that match with Kurt Angle that rivalry and then he goes into that whole build with Hogan yeah that to me was just 0405 was my favorite I was a junior and senior in high school in 04 and 05 and um, I, it was just I thought no matter what Michaels did he was just he was the 
I thought he was the best wrestler in the world in 0405, and he was 39 and 40 mm-hmm. at the time. Um, I loved 0405 also because you still had The Undertaker every week. You still had <coughs> the, the Kurt Angles. You had Triple H, Jericho. You still had the you know Benoit at that time. And that's when Cena, Orton, Cena, Batista were coming up. You had Evolution in 0405. Uh, Benjamin, all those guys. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I, I really, really dug it then. It, and it's, here's Taker. They're showing backstage because the Rumble's coming up. Um, and we'll take a break right before this Rumble starts. But um, there's The Rock. The first time you've seen The Rock all night. Here we go. This will be a great yeah. promo. I'm going to give a little vibe. Yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll let you guys listen to this. Can't go too loud. My baby's sleeping. Though. It's okay. <laughs> I understand. Finally, The Rock has come back to New Orleans. It's a great sign. The greatest on a mic. Absolutely. Ever. Such a natural. Kane to the Undertaker. And speaking of Kane and the Undertaker, everybody wants to ask the question, are Kane and the Undertaker together? Are Kane and the Undertaker together? Well, quite frankly speaking, if Kane and the Undertaker are together, then every man is going to be in trouble. But The Rock is sick and tired of asking that question, answering that question. Is Kane together with the Undertaker? Is the Undertaker together with Kane? Kane wants to buy the Undertaker a box of chocolates. The Undertaker wants to tickle Kane's big red nipple. Who cares what they want to do? <laughs> like, you can't write it. No. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is this. The Undertaker and Kane, they're going to be together tonight, all right? Together getting bumped. Their monkey asses kicked right over the top rope. Royal Rumble 2001. Every man for himself. It could come down to anybody. The Rock and Bull Buchanan, The Rock <laughs> and Perry Saturn. It could even come down to The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. All the possibilities, they're endless. He looks so young. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let's see, he was still 29. Jesus. Dude, he got an eyebrow over. I know. An, an eyebrow. eyebrow. And he would just smell the air. And people <laughs> would go nuts. Dude, he was 29 here. Um, and two years later, he's gone. Yeah, all right. So now doing a promo of the Rumble, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and just... Uh, so we'll probably just fast forward through the promo to get to the first, um, to the start of this thing. Um, so we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, it'll be the final part of this podcast, which will be the uh, Royal Rumble match. Your thoughts on the pay-per-view on so who's far? Who's going to win? I think... No, I'm just kidding. I think it's a good pay-per-view. I mean, you know, the China Ivory thing was whatever. Yeah. But the rest of the matches were great. Like we said, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian had a great match. Benoit and Jericho put on a clinic. Yep. Triple H and Angle. It's Hall of Famers throughout. There's a reason. Yeah. Watch this true. pay-per-view. It's great. You're right. And I'll talk about all the the Hall of Famers in the Rumble and who awesome. I think should be. Well, there are guys that will be, and then there's other ones on the borderline that sh- should be. So Awesome. Can't wait to talk about that for sure. All right. 
right, this is the hot tag. Um, I am Chris C. Francesco. That was Kyle Bourne. If you guys um, also, real quick, if you guys want to uh, have some cool wrestling gear, and it's got some pretty badass designs. Um, please head over to collarandelbowbrand.com. That's collarandelbowbrand.com. And if you guys like what you see, they got they have uh, shorts, they have t-shirts, they have hoodies, they have hats. If your 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 spouse, if your lady friend wants something, they have really nice shirts for women, women too. Um, it's just wrestling fitting a normal lifestyle. Wrestling t-shirts, nothing over uh, overdone like you see with WWE t-shirts sometimes. Um, it's just really good stuff. It's very comfortable apparel. Um, head over there, collarandelbowbrand.com. When you get to the checkout, you type in hot tag, H-O-T-T-A-G, just one word. Um, you guys will get a little bit off your order, and it comes and it directly helps uh, the podcast grow. Uh, thank you guys very much for those who have done that already. I really appreciate that. Um I will reach out to a couple of you uh, who have done that. I know um, a few of you have done it so far. So I thank you so much. That really helps a lot. All right. So this is the hot tag. We will be right back in just a few moments with the Royal Rumble match. Check it out. All right. Welcome back. Hot tag. We're in the final segment of this very short show. And... uh, (laughs) We are finally here at the Royal Rumble match. We're at 144.58. Um, and that basically tells you that the, the, the match itself is just over an hour long. Um, it's actually, I think, one of the longest Rumbles in wrestling history. I apologize for picking that one as our first watch along. <laughs> but it's Rumble season. And guess what? You don't have to listen to this podcast in its entirety straight through. Um, so... This is, uh, like I said, 144.58. Howard Finkel is announcing the Rumble now. Uh, so we will hit play in three, two, one, hit play. And we are here and we are ready to go. So um, I do know that the first two to come out, I believe, is Jeff Hardy and Bull Buchanan. Um, and then I think Matt Hardy is third. Um so, uh, uh, and then we'll go from there. Uh, but looking at what you said, so Kane, yeah, 50, almost 54 minutes he it's was in the nuts. Royal Rumble. <laughs> How big he is, what he goes through, and, know. you know. Wow, it's insane. Here's, all right, so Jeff Hardy, man, has always gotten just big pops. It's a shame that he couldn't lay off, you know, everything. His extracurricular <laughs> activities. Yes. If he had, he had such a, such charisma, but he had no personality on him, like he can't cut promos. Right. Matt was a good worker and could cut promos. He just didn't get over like Jeff did. Yeah. Um, they were great together, had great feuds. And it just seemed Vince loved Jeff. Mm-hmm. Every No matter what Jeff did, every time he came back, he was basically like in a world title type. Dude, he was, Bull Buchanan was jacked. Yeah, I mean, he's a bull, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big um, fella. Jeez. And Jeff could sell, I love. Yeah. I've always loved watching Jeff Hardy. Um, I was a big Hardy mark growing up. I remember uh, being in high school, I think I was in 10th grade. I had a, a Jeff Hardy t-shirt. That said, beware of fallen objects. And that was a pun on him falling a lot. <laughs> he, uh, he brought in kind of like a new demographic to wrestling. The, the that emo, emo. Goth kid. 
Because look at him. I know. She's straight out of Hot Topic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, before Hot Topic, you know, completely changed. He's, yeah. Or Hot Topic. I remember when Hot Hot Topic was just straight goth. Remember, like, everyone's like, all right, you got to go to Hot Topic. And then everyone's like, all right. Like, the cool teenager in you was like, I got to go to Spencer's. (laughs) Like, to look at all that porn garbage. Yeah, basically, (laughs) like, the porn posters that my wall was littered with (laughs) when I was a kid. (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. I Um, did get all my belts at Hot Topic. Topic, though. They had nice, thick leather belts. Yes, was like, they did. You know, I would go from Abercrombie to get t-shirts and jeans and then get my belts and hot. I can't see you as an Abercrombie guy. Yeah, because that I was skinny back then. <laughs> I used to get shit for free because I had someone... I knew someone at work there. You know, my favorite discount. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Back in that day where I shopped a lot, I just wore a sh- crap ton of wrestling shirts. I wore sports stuff. And I think I shopped a lot like Old Navy and American Eagle. Yeah. No, Aeropostale because Aeropostale for a long big. time was the was the thing. And yeah. then they kind of just, I don't know what the hell happened to them. But um, that's funny. I think like funny. the Hollister and Abercrombie took over. Yeah. I can't go into Abercrombie or Hollister now. Like I, my yeah. senses get shut down. I don't fit in any of it. I'm way too big. That's. Yeah. I remember uh, they were like, "Yeah, we don't sell two X." I'm like, "Dude, like, what are all the bigger guys supposed to do?" Right. Even though their two X fits like an extra large everywhere. Like, what was anyway. a brand back in the day that was like just for big guys? Oh man, like J.C. Penny had it all the time too. Man, it was like during like this era, like 2021, like 2001. Dang man, I can't remember what it was. Um, something, something incorporated. I forget what it was, but um, this was the match. This was the rumble where their elimination was weird. Yeah, because they they eliminate themselves to get Drew Carey in there by himself. Mm. So, so go back to the Hall of Fame theme of this. What yeah. I was talking about. So. There are seven guys in this Rumble that are already in the Hall of Fame. Farouk, Drew Carey, Honky Tonk Man, Godfather, Stone Cold, Billy Gunn, and Rikishi. That's, you know, a quarter of the field, basically, is Hall of Famers. In my opinion, there's nine guys that will be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Matt and Jeff Hardy. (laughs) Yes. Kane. Yeah. The Rock. Undertaker, Big Show, Bradshaw get in. Yeah, he should be in. Yeah, in my opinion, William Regal. Um, he will eventually for sure. He'll get in. He like he was never like the main event guy, um, but he's done so much backstage. And I NXT, think he should be in. Yeah. NXT is doing great stuff. Um, and our truth, our truth mm. is K okay, Quick. Our truth is in this fucking Royal Rumble. <laughs> It's 2001, and he looks exactly the same as he does now. I think he'll get in the Hall of Fame because just because he's been there forever, he's been a character forever. Yeah. If he doesn't get in, whatever, but I think he'll eventually. So that's between the two. There's 16 people that are either Hall of Famers or over half of this crowd. That's incredible. You know, is Hall of Famers. I mean, I will say I know he's. It's funny, but our truth has to be in the Hall of Fame if Honky Tonk Man is. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Honky you know, Tonk Man hated the company for twenty mm-hmm. years. Um, uh, that was a botch. That was bad. But uh, this looks like I think this is right around when. I guess this is this has to be right around when they eliminate. Yeah, I think this is when they eliminate each other because Drew Carey, I think, is next. Yeah, it's a hokey... That's uh, a massive arena. Mm -hmm. 
like you said, it's a hokey elimination. It, it, it's just weird. It felt like it was maybe. I think it was Jeff who might have fell by accident, maybe. And like I said, if you watch his bump, you don't see him fall. Just drops. Yeah, and it's a hard, yeah. hard drop. Maybe. Because I think, yeah, yeah, I think Drew Carey comes out and he walks to the ring and they just keep wrestling, don't pay him any attention. What the hell is Jeff doing? Tying a shirt around yeah. his waist. Like, just get rid of it. And it's a shame uh, you just you can hear Jeff calling spots. Yeah. But um, it's a shame that these two never had like that really good rivalry that they could have had. I know they had a match at WrestleMania 19, but it wasn't really that anything yeah. to write home about. Yeah. Man, Jeff was incredible. What a good sell there by mm-hmm. by Matt. And here he comes, the Hall of Famer himself, <laughs> Drew fucking Carey. <laughs> it's incredible. I gotta give him credit when Kane comes out, he literally jumps over the top yeah. rope to get out of himself. He waves, he's like, see ya. <laughs> I'm out of here. That's funny. <laughs> so that's like what you, like why this rumble's oh. my favorite is you got comedy shit like this. You have a section of the rumble that's a hardcore match. Yeah. Because Raven comes out and just throws a bunch of shit in the ring. Yeah. And, you know, they're doing all that. Then to end it, they ended it. Oh, that was bad. Um, Russell Box React. Yep. Um, with the Honky Talk Man come out, you get another, you get a legend, which is cool. And then Kane crushes him with a, a guitar. And then the hardcore part's over and you get a regular Royal Rumble match. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then, like, at the end, then near the end, we'll get to it, man. They had some just epic, epic, you know, beat-ups. I mean, beat-downs. You had that stare-down between Austin. Which is, oh, dude, it's so good. When you just see, like, Austin looking at him and The Rock looking at him, like... Yeah. Yeah, he, he falls in. Oh, yeah, that... That's a tough bump. Yeah, that, that... You could just... <laughs> you care. And then this is Kane, correct? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Kane is jacked he, as fuck at this uh, Yeah, time. he is. Ugh. What do you say? He had a 525-pound bench? Yeah. Jesus yeah. I think there's a lot of people that say he's, like, the strongest person they've ever seen. Yeah, they said he's one of the strongest guys that's ever... <laughs> JR, the call. That was great. He's so big. I know. Did you watch his? Did you watch his interview? Nah, I didn't see that one. I didn't watch the Goldberg. Good storyteller. Ah, yeah. the Goldberg one was all right. But he said Kane is like borderline genius. Yeah, like he has real, his like, master's in literature or something. Like, they said his IQ is like 170 or some oh shit like that. Oh my god! And then you see him here. It's like, yeah, well, we're gonna put a mask on you and don't talk. You see who the next guest is on that show? Yes, but I can't think. Bret Hart. That's right. I can't wait. I can't wait for him to hate everything. <laughs> be miserable. It's Blame Seth Rollins for everything. <laughs> I'm sure it'll get brought up. Austin's really good at those interviews. Um, man, I miss when the Rumble was this. I mean, look, everyone's standing up. No one has sat down mm-hmm. since the Rumble started. As I say that, some dude in the front row just sat down. And now you got Teddy Long, the referee, telling Drew Carey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's going to be happening? Holla. Holla, holla. <laughs> wonder what kind of check Drew Carey got for this. <laughs> oh, man, King was great. 
<laughs> Look how he tries to pay him. <laughs> yeah, he tries. He's like, here's some money. <laughs> Were you mad when they took the mask off of Kane? Um, or was it time? It was time. I think this is his coolest mask. Was the first one he had? Like yeah. this one, the red one. I don't really like. Um, he actually said in the Austin podcast, this was his favorite mask. It's the best looking one. Uh, I think it's funny, funny how they talk about how ugly he is. Yeah. <laughs> and all he really had was two different contacts and half a shaved head. And they're like, God, what is that? You know, it's poor dude. <laughs> The uh, the different contact was Bruce Pritchard's idea, apparently. It was smart. Because of Marilyn Manson. That's what it uh, was. It was because of Marilyn Manson. That's Give me infringement, pal. It is. It is. <laughs> but I'm sure if they got into a fight, Kane might have the upper hand on that one. Yeah, I think so. There is a, here's a guy, and I. it's funny because I was just thinking about him when he was about to come out. I always thought they didn't – the wrestling business didn't – get enough out of Raven than I thought they could have. Yeah, they didn't use him. Isn't he basically a genius too? He's really smart he dude. Has, yeah, yeah, he has like a high IQ. Um, yeah, kind of a box there, but... Yeah, I yeah they, they could have done a lot more with the him being crazy or whatever. And yeah. What about Raven type deal? Yeah, I thought his, his character in WCW was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, and he's a good worker. I always thought he was a good worker, except for that botched sidewalk slam, but I always thought he was a good worker. And then, when, just... If you're not a WWE guy, and you come a WWE E or F at the time I just feel like Vince just doesn't really care to really invest in yeah, you yeah he, he wanted his creations and it's just and I feel bad because that's not that's not a great way to do things if you're going to take if you're going to buy a company like dude I mean there are other talents in the world like yeah. you only had you only had Ric Flair for like two years in his biggest runs mm-hmm. other than that he is an NWA WCW guy he's not your creation um you know, same thing with Al Snow. Al Snow was over um, for a while. You know, and that's a good... Like, we've always talked about why Sting didn't go to WWF back in the day. Kind of a good thing he didn't. Because if he came in in the 90s, Vince probably would have changed his whole gimmick. Yeah, that would have been he wouldn't bad. have been a Sting. Or they would have called him Sting, but he wouldn't have looked the same. He wouldn't have done any of that. And who stores a trash can under the ring with trash <laughs> still in it, laying down on its side? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make it believable. It's a trash can. It's a trash can. <laughs> like the other one had another trash can and fucking stop signs in it. Now this ain't dangerous or anything. Nah. Dude, no thank you, man. Nah. I don't care if it doesn't come close to me or not. I ain't taking that chance. Nah, it's... Keep that away from my nuts. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, I, I'm trying to think of who is next. Okay, so, yeah, Perry Saturn. So, yeah, this is the part that they definitely plan to be the hardcore section of that. Yeah, all the way um, up to, like, here. Where were you? Oh, he just hit him with a trash can. And can't like, nah, I ain't selling that bun. <laughs> Worst trash cans in history. I know. Look how much they dent. It's like a fucking tinfoil. God. Well, it's box of gimmicks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where'd you get those? Trash cans are Trash us, cans Which are I think us. is great. I love it. Where'd you get that that mini? I don't know. Minis are us? <laughs> you don't have a mini store near you? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny he does that, too, because uh, my buddy had a roommate in college... Who, wherever you asked him 
where he got something, it would be whatever that is store. Really? So be like, yeah, where'd you get those bagels from? Oh, the bagel store. They're like, where'd you get that water from? Oh, the water store. So it's kind of like when he Holy says, God. Yeah, uh, Terry Reynolds. Terry Reynolds was uh, dumping them out too. <laughs> They're like the most perfectly done that I've ever yeah, seen. The, the double-sided tape is strong in that one. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, hers and, um, and Alexa Bliss's are, like, perfectly done. Paid a lot of money for those. Oh, absolutely. I wonder if Goldust would have gone to the same surgeon <laughs> when he <laughs> talked about how he was going to get a breast implant. My assumption is at that time, that might have been when Dustin was on a little bit of the drugs. Maybe. <laughs> And the thing is, and the fact that um, the, the rumor was that Vince actually at some point considered saying yes. that That's the problem that's with me. I don't know how you can actually say it to a man. Yeah, you can go get breast implants. I just, and I don't even know how it would go over. That's the problem. Yeah, which is like, where would you have gone with the gimmick mm-hmm. from there? And then right. you have to get them taken out. Oh God! Yeah, that's 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 not. I'm not a fan. Wasn't Perry Saturn a Marine? Uh, a Marine, I think. I will check. Uh, Perry Saturn, early life. He's a he's a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Yeah. A certified graduate of a. Well, he was an Ranger. army ranger. He was a ranger. That's right. So he was, was in the military. So he was a badass. I guess they don't drug test him all. Because <laughs> he's definitely juiced. He was jacked, too. He was shot. Was he? In 2004. That's a couple years after this. That's not... That's where he... Be- Apparently, that's where he became addicted to, to meth. Yeah. There's <laughs> another guy with a personality. You know what's fun? <laughs> You know what's crazy though? He's like a legit badass, yeah, Steve Blackman. Um, I remember when he debuted, and he came out of the crowd, and I thought it was really a guy that came out of the crowd because he just looks like a like a built dude. Yeah, there wasn't like a you know you didn't really see that that much. Right, just a guy came out and cleared house, mm. and then the I think security came and got him or whatever. But I remember when he debuted, I'm like, dude, this guy really came, just hopped the guardrail, and they let him in the ring? Yeah, I know. Insane. Speaking of MMA. He he has his own martial arts. Oh, he he does, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of MMA, as we get a little bit of a pause here in the... uh, Please don't. (laughs) It's okay. Um, While this is loading up, uh, and I can... There you go. We're fine now. Um, Just about maybe like six seconds behind, but that's fine. Um... I had actually had somebody ask me a question, like apparently me promoting that it's a watch along with the Royal Rumble all week. Somebody still wanted me to ask me a different question. Um, Saturday is the return of Conor McGregor. McGregor and um, The press conference was yesterday, correct? Today. Today, I'm sorry. Today. It was today and there was like no trash talking. Like that's and the I, McGregor that I wish I've seen for the past yeah, and six I, years. I think, and I was talking to Sean, yeah. a friend who's a massive mixed martial arts fan. Um, they came out, they shook hands, shook hands a couple times, which is cool. Uh, like, you know, when McGregor first went on his run of just being Conor McGregor, I couldn't stand it. Yeah. I couldn't stand how he overtook a press conference with the whole, like a bunch of guys were out there. 
No one could get a word in. He was just over the top. When you look back and watch clips of it now, I think it's hilarious. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I didn't see the press conference today. I saw a couple highlights of it. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty good. Pretty good. You know, it's um, a focused McGregor is scary. Mm. You know, when he he went away, he fought Floyd Mayweather, got a billion dollars. <laughs> I think he got like $100 million for that. That was a disclosed amount. Who knows what else he got, but $100 million for that. And then his whiskey took off. He was making tons of money on that. So he was kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, I'll just party and drink all day. (laughs) And I think coming back and fighting Khabib was a bad idea because he was a fucking animal. Yeah. And it showed, but... If we get the McGregor from when he beat Eddie Alvarez, he was phenomenal in that yeah, fight. He very, yeah, untouchable in that fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Donald Cerrone fan. I love Cowboy. <coughs> Cowboy's a slow starter. He's also 36, and he has trouble with boxers. There's a hokey elimination. Yeah, by Grandmaster Sex. Eddie. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I can't believe that of all the guys in this ring, Grandmaster was the first one to go. Away, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Cerrone starts slow and has trouble with boxers. Connor's a boxer. I think Connor's going to come out, and I'm predicting first round. I think he beats Cerrone. Wow. Because I think he's focused like that. He said he hasn't had a drink in like three or four months. He's been hardcore training. Mm. So. Wow. Um, and they asked Cerrone, like, are you going to take him to the ground? And he goes, yeah, I probably should, but I won't. <laughs> So he's going to try standing with him, you know? Wow. So you here, think here's Honky Tonk? Here comes tongue. a Honky Tonk. <laughs> Which a, is great, because I don't think he'd been in a company forever. For a, oh, my God, a long time. And they literally, right before Honky came out, to just to catch everybody up, Kane just basically eliminated the entire ring. Yeah, he cleared house <laughs> with a trash can and a trash can. Yeah. So And the good thing is the hardcore section of this Royal Rumble is over. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Kane's loving that. Um... When you look at that the the MMA thing, I mean with with McGregor, are you, I'm actually surprised you're that confident that McGregor's gonna first round this guy because isn't Cerrone pretty good? He's good, but he's older mm. and he starts slow. And you look like his last fight, he fought Gaethje, lost in the first mm-hmm. round. Darren Till, I think, was Darren Till he beat him in the first round, but like, he he's historically struggled with boxers, you know and. Uh, Masvidal beat him, boxer. Yeah. Till beat him, boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaethje beat him, boxer. You know, he's still a great fighter. And I, I love, but I, I think he's gonna try to stand, and it usually takes him a little bit to get war, like into the fight. Mm-hmm. I think if Connor catches him, he's gonna put him down. What? Uh, I'm trying to think here. What was I gonna say? Oh, for where does it go from here for McGregor if he wins this fight? I don't. I is it? One this of the, is at 170. He's. He started his career at 145, won that belt. Then he went up to 155, won that belt. At 170, like now, if you see pictures of him, he looks like he put on a ton of muscle. 155, I think, is his home, and he does great there. Uh, we got Khabib and Tony Ferguson coming up in April. If Jeez. that fight happens, this is the fifth time they've tried making that fight. <laughs> so if that happens, I don't think right off the bat he gets the winner, even though money-wise it works. But... Uh, He's mm. talked about wanting to fight uh, Jorge Masvidal. He's like, you know, he's like, I want that BMF belt, which I think would be a cool. It would be 
The build-up would be great. Two boxers. It'd be a good fight, I think. Here comes the Here rock. Here comes the rock. Great pop. Oh, huge pop. 13 for the rock. We're on number 13 now. Yeah, he looked good here. He was like big here, then he slimmed up, and now he's just a fucking meat. And now he's a hoss. Yeah. <laughs> and you could tell, man, it he like he was still badass good in that rest those two WrestleMania matches with the rock. Yeah. But you could just tell how limited his movement was mm-hmm. because he's just so big. With Cena? Yeah, with yeah, Cena. Um, how big his legs are. His legs are so fucking. Oh yeah, I mean there's that's you can tell college he's a, football. He's a there, gym man. guy. He's all around. He works everything. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so what happens? You think if McGregor loses this fight? I got no idea. I think like you know, McGregor's fan base will be there. If he loses twelve fights in a row, it's still gonna sell out. It's still gonna get a, like people just like watching him fight. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I think this is a a perfect comeback fight for him because it's a known name in Cerrone who's a good fighter but he's not like the top one and two in the world like he came back from years off and fought an undefeated animal in Khabib yeah you know what I mean not a great decision yeah it was like it was good because you know the hype behind it or whatever absolutely but it was like dude you need like a quote unquote tune up to get in a ring with an animal like that guy but uh I don't know what goes and before that this happened before I mean that was basically what Bisbing was for GSP's return Mm -hmm. it was the it was a tune up yeah and it was and Bisbing was like the champ but he like he if you look at it and I'm not taking anything away from Michael Bisbing but he beat an unmotivated Tim Rockle yeah who was like whatever I beat this dude before I'll beat him again like if you watch that fight he could give a fuck less about being there and Bisbing caught him then he beat a 53 year old Dan Henderson or how old he was <laughs> yeah you know so it was like yeah he was the champ but it wasn't like <clears throat> he was fighting and the division was kind of weak right you know and dude Bisbing pieced GSP up a little bit in that fight he was yeah. bleeding <clears throat> it wasn't like St. Pierre walked through him but it was a perfect, like if you're gonna have St. Pierre come back for a title, that was that's it. You know, because him coming back and fighting Woodley right off the bat wasn't a good idea. No, Woodley was an animal, and GSP been out of it for so long. But agreed. Um, yeah, I don't know what happens if Connor wins. We'll see, and if uh, he loses, you know, I'm happy Cerrone's getting his paycheck. He's been in the UFC forever. He deserves the payday. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think the the Masvidal fight, uh, Connor versus Diaz three, I think still needs to happen. I agree. Because they're one and one, you know. So I don't know. We'll see. It's it's, it's Sakali, another guy we're going to be doing a podcast with. Actually, talked to me today about coming on and doing like a UFC preview. There you go. With and I was like, that's great because I know more about the UFC than I do baseball. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what we're going to do right here is we're going to take a quick inner like quick break and we're gonna stop it at i'll tell you when to stop since it's a good place to stop real quick all right so we're gonna stop it in three two one pause and we're gonna pause it at 209 46 so this is the hot tag um our final break here just a really quick one uh we will be right back to finish up the royal rumble so stay with us back 
All right, we are going to hit play at 209.46 and 3, 2, 1, hit play. And uh, it's now we're entering, I think, number 16. 15 or 16. Fifth, wait, 15. Rock was 13, 14. Yeah, 15. so this is number 15 here. We are halfway through. Um, so who do we got here? Taz. Taz. What a disappointing so, WWF run. Yeah. So Nemo told me about them editing... Jerry Lawler counting the Mississippis or some shit. I guess on the replay. I don't know. All right, let's see. I never knew they did that. I I I don't even know Jeez. who would pay attention. Yeah. I, I don't know. That dude knows more about wrestling than Vince McMahon does. And I'll t- <laughs> he really does. Like I I will say he remembers so much shit. But the thing is, look. Nemo, I love you, and I really appreciate the fact that, you know, you support everything we do, but he remembers the most useless things that, like, I would never, like, want to pay attention to, but I give him credit because if I'm ever in a wrestling trivia, he's my partner. Yeah. (laughs) You can bring five people. I only need one. Exactly. <laughs> bring in John. <laughs> so I, I give I give him credit for that. Um, it's like when you say he remembers everything, he literally remembers. Yeah, everything. and I'm not joking when I say like he, if he watched it, he he, he, it. he will recall it. Yeah, like as good as you can recall, like '89, mm-hmm. like which is incredible. Um, but I don't know what. W- oh. oh, here it is. You're right. So, yeah, they just go to Kane eliminating Taz with no commentary. No commentary. And I think, like, what John said is you get the, like, King going, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and he's eliminated. But why would that be? That's just got to be a network problem. Yeah, I got no idea. Because hmm. now commentary is coming back. So it was like, I don't know if it was like a glitching. Because you got that big black screen, too, for something. Right. Reason. Yeah, because... You can edit. It's Bradshaw now, um, the stiffest he's wrestler ever. Yeah, he's dude. a he's a friggin' lineman. Because um, all they would have to do was just lower the commentary. Yeah, that was just. An, I think that's a network problem that they just haven't found. Um, man, Bradshaw. It's incredible what his career was like when he first came in. He was like this weird cowboy, the Justin, Justin Hawk. Yeah. Whose first match in WWE was against The Undertaker. Yeah, you're right. Which is nuts. I, I know. It's crazy to even think. Dude, his lariat <laughs> murdered people. Has to be like the American version of Stan Hansen. Yeah. Has to be. Um, and like you, go, and then he goes to become the APA. And then he t- completely transforms his character, mm-hmm. the JBL. One of the best heels ever. Yeah. Um, and he talked about how it was Eddie Guerrero. He credits Eddie Guerrero a lot with getting him over. Yeah. God, Eddie, it's amazing. You know, you don't appreciate these guys, unfortunately. Until I get to me, they die or like 10 over. years. Yeah. Because you and I talked about before, Eddie Guerrero never did anything for me at yeah. all, ever. Like, if he was on TV, I would change the channel. Yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, whatever, he's up. Yeah. Like I said, they're him. I never was a fan of Edge. Uh, I don't know why. Edge, I like doing the rated R part. I like this yeah. because he was great promo. He had a great promo. I just didn't like his mannerisms. And like we thought the spear was not believable. Agreed. Uh, great worker. I just didn't like him. It yeah. wasn't for me. And I, Eddie was the same way. He's a great worker, but his character I didn't connect with. Uh, 
I just didn't get it. Who are guys to bring that up as, you know, we're about to get number 16? 16 or 17. 17. I'm always off one somewhere. But um, who was, like, the guys that people, like, maybe universally loved him or thought he was great? Here comes Prince Albert. Um that Which, you, for that, you don't know, is the name of a dick piercing. Correct. <laughs> He's called this dude. That, that's got to be Albert. a rib. <laughs> yeah. So like, we well, got piercings. How about Prince Albert? <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, you, like I was saying, like guys that people universally loved, or it was like super popular, that you just didn't like. Those two. Eddie. Eddie. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, Edge. And okay. Edge. That, that's two really good ones. Uh, Edge is a good one. I mean, um, Cena, like we talked to earlier. Yeah, I just never good. got into the whole Cena character. I'm gonna but piss now a lot we of miss him. off when I talk about mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, off the top of my head, I really can't think. Uh, <laughs> so for how me, about you? all right. So growing up, I did not like the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, I mean, as a kid, I liked him because it was. He was a cartoon character. <laughs> it was another another one I didn't like. I did not like Macho Man. <laughs> yeah, I remember you saying that. I like, never liked. I thought he was always overrated. He his promos I used to love. Like as yeah, as a kid, as a good guy, he was great. I hated him as the Macho King. But when you go back and watch, you can appreciate that work. Yes. Um, if you watch his matches, how he's kind of like a. He's tight, like yeah. Benoit. That's like, true. When he punched somebody, he probably didn't touch him, and it looked like he was murdering him. Yeah. Um, However, the elbow drop, he broke some people's ribs. Yeah. The, <laughs> like, you know, people always say, like, oh, he had the greatest elbow. But if you go back and watch it, it wasn't that great. You know, Michael's was better. I think Michael's has the best elbow yeah, drop of all it's time. It's a way better elbow drop. Um, I like Carrie Sane's elbow drop. Yeah. <laughs> she lays that in. Um, who else didn't I like a lot? Uh... Trying to think, I never liked Mankind. It, he's a weird one because it was like, I really didn't like him either. Yeah. Because I didn't. One, he came up with who are the other faces? Rock and Austin. Good luck competing with that. <laughs> you know, know what I mean? Yeah. Um, That's true. And it was just like he wasn't. He didn't look like a wrestler. No. You know, he was like this everyday guy. Yeah. Just Mick Foley in general. Yep. You can go back and watch, like, again, you can appreciate what he did because he fucking took probably 10, 15 years off his life. Absolutely. To entertain us. Yeah. I, um, I wasn't a fan of, um, I was a, I was never a fan of Brett ever. And that was only because I always looked at him as like the, the guy that was with Michaels all the time growing up. And And I, yeah, that's, I I always looked at him as like a whiner. I never liked, it was just growing up. My aunt who got me into wrestling, um, She's like the biggest Bret Hart fan I've ever met in my life, and she even like confirmed it one time to me. She goes, "Chris, you never like liked Bret, and that's why I never." I, she's like, "That's why I kind of stopped having you over for pay per views." <laughs> so I had to start, I had to start buying them myself <laughs> or asking my dad to get them for me. So um, I never liked Bret. I don't know why. It, it, I guess it had to do with with Michaels. Um, so other big time guys I didn't like. I'm trying to think. Um, like Eddie was one. I I never really liked Edge either. Um, until like uh, until I never really enjoyed Batista. I don't think I ever appreciated him because in his era it was always Raw versus SmackDown. Yeah. Michaels was on Raw. 
I never really ever watched SmackDown. Here he is. Here he is. Look at this. Kate Quick looks exactly the same. He does. It's nuts. 20 years later, he looks exactly the same. My God. Still as shredded. I know. Still has abs at 50. What an incredible specimen. Right? (laughs) Who do you think is the most underrated of all time? Um... It's a loaded question. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Underrated. Hmm. I mean, I have one guy who I think is. I mean, like. Two guys. Main eventer, I can't remember. Like, Sheldon Benjamin, everyone always talks oh, about Shelton, how yeah, underutilized true. I wasn't he was. About him. Uh, underrated. He, like, he never got his due. He couldn't cut promos, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking Mr. Perfect. Yeah, Mr. Perfect was. I mean, I can't believe he never had a run. Hogan her. None yeah, of those guys. You're got, right. Hogan held the belt for four years. I know. You know I mean, he held it from '85 <laughs> to '89. Yeah, it's true. <coughs> or '88, whatever it was. It, um, no one could get a run in with him there. That's true. So, like, DiBiase should have held the title. He was such a great heel back then. He should have been Hogan's biggest, you know, uh, foil or whatever, because he could have done the whole like he did with. Paying Andre for the title, like you could have, you could have gone so many different ways with that. It was him as a heel. Yeah, I agree. You know, Jake the Snake never got a, a title run. Oh, that's true. Perfect, rude. There's a lot of Piper. Piper should have had. God, one. you know it's yeah, biggest heel in the '80s. Yeah. Um, another guy I think is grossly underrated and underappreciated is Kane. He is. And that happens when you're on TV every week for mm-hmm. so many years. Like you said with Cena, everyone booed the shit out of him. But you ask. You ask any wrestling fan today that's probably our age, maybe a little bit younger, they'd say to you, man, I, yeah, I miss John Cena. Like, yeah. you miss that. There's something to be said when you have that much star power and you are there every week. Yeah. Kane, uh, well, he had the one-day title run with the WWE title. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he had a couple world title runs. Yes. I, <clears throat> again, he popped up in the Rock and Austin era. Right. The heel against him was Triple H. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, like we said, this... The roster was so loaded here, you couldn't give them all their due. Yeah, I agree. You think Orton is under is underrated? I think he's gotten up to, you know, when he first came out, it was, and I said this to you, he's he's the rock to Cena's Austin. Like, you know, oh, Cena wow. coming up was the face of the company. Yeah. And... Orton's a better wrestler. Cena was just over better. Like, you know, he's, he was a bigger character. Orton has had, what, almost 14 title runs? 14. He's been there for so long, you kind of forget about him and how good he is. Oh, but uh, he is underrated. Like, he's underrated because whenever you hear, hear, like, who are the greatest of all time, no one ever thinks of Randy Orton. I know. You know, and he should be up there. It's like, if crazy. If you go top 10, he's definitely in it. He's been there 18 years. Mm-hmm. 2002. Yeah. Randy friggin' Orton. <laughs> and he's not even 40 yet. Which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, he was, what, 22 when he came in or something? And he won a title of 24. So if he's 39 now, it's 2020, he'll be 40 in April. So he's 40 now. In 2002, he would that's 18 years. He was 22. Yeah, 22. That's insane. Like, really? Could you imagine giving that spot? Like, I say this about athletes all the time. When you see, like, a uh, Lamar Jackson's 22 years old and he's starting quarterback, he's probably going to win an MVP this year. Yeah. Dude, I was a fucking idiot at 22. I couldn't handle that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 
I'm 36 yeah. and I'm kind of stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like if you give me that fame, put me on that stage like a Randy Orton, and give me that money, like I'd fuck up. To, you know, a lot of people say it about like. Uh, entertainers like when you hear Justin Bieber you know he's doing all this dumb shit like he was given a hundred million dollars at 15 years old yeah tell me you wouldn't have fucked up right you know it's, yeah and he, guess what his parents too also didn't know how to handle a hundred million dollars no, either no, so it's they like came from you know all these guys that were young they come from nothing and you give them tons of money yeah and everyone's kissing her ass yeah yeah you're gonna get a little bit of a cocky arrogant attitude to you you're right. I mean, I, I I agree with you. That's insane to think about, man. Mm-hmm. Twenty two years old. I mean, Brock yeah. comes out of freaking University of Minnesota, goes to OVW, literally goes shoots right to the top. Within his first year, beats Kurt Angle at the main event of WrestleMania. He wins the Rumble, King of the Ring, main events WrestleMania within a year. That should that, that's the podcast we should do. The first Lesnar's first year. Mm-hmm. Even maybe Kurt Angle's first year. Kurt Angle's first, yeah. That's like incredible. It's unreal to think about all that. Um what number are we at? So to look at who's in the ring, we are uh all right, Hardcore Holly's in K Quick Val Venus uh, Regal just Regal came out, so he is that's the twenty one. So twenty two uh is about to come out and uh let's see, one, two so two of the next three are no longer with us. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah. So we have Test here, um, who I always thought back then was going to be something big. Had a good look, and like Bruce Pritchard always says, and then the bell rang. Yep. He wasn't a horrible wrestler, right. but... He's no worse than Braun Strowman. No. I mean, he came in hot. He came in with a Stephen McMahon. They had me sold, too, because I thought they really were... Me, too. <laughs> ...getting married in real life. Yeah. <laughs> like... Test and Stephanie. Yeah, I can believe that. It sounds real. It's Test. It's, it's this dude. <laughs> but uh, that was, man, what a what a time back then. So then after after Test, we have the Big Show, who gets eliminated fairly quickly because you know every single year these guys get in the rubble. How the hell you can you possibly oh God, eliminate the big... dude? Michael Cole's the fucking worst with that. Anytime a big guy comes in, you know. Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry. How's anyone going to eliminate this? They've never won a Royal Rumble. They get eliminated every fucking year they're in it. So people figure it out. Stop right. saying that. Right. You know, like, I don't understand how you and I, who are just two kids, two guys watching this, pick up on that stuff. And creative does it. They don't say, like, dude, stop saying that. Yeah. He gets eliminated all the time. I'm telling you, they think that people legitimately... Like, after each event, the men in black people come down to us, and they shine that thing in our face, and our memories are wiped. Forget about this. Yeah. Don't worry about it. There's a lot of things. Like, when I hear, here comes the big dog 155,000 times, I'm going to remember that, oh, Gray's about to say it. Mm -hmm. Or here, it's boss time. It's boss time. I I know it's coming every single time. What do you think I forget? And the other thing that's terrible, too, is like, we have the WWE Network. Everything... WWE, WWF's ever done is at my fingertips. Correct. So after every Hell in a Cell stop saying it's the most brutal thing we've ever seen when it's not even top 10. Big Show, Monster Pop. Yep. I guess it was a return for him. It was a return. They say it too. Wearing a t-shirt for some reason. (laughs) 
But yeah, they're like, he's back. Also the most underutilized man in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah, his, his run was terrible. He said it when he uh, did yeah. Austin's pocket. He said they under they didn't do him right. They didn't do it right. He comes in here, clears house. Not clears house, but like tears through everybody. See the truth. Damn, dude. He literally just picked him up like mm-hmm. a baby. Insane. But you're right. We have everything at our fingertips, and they still think that we just forget shit. Like, I remember the one year, who was it? Ambrose and Rollins started the hell in a cell on top of it, and Cole goes, we've never seen this before. Literally, the most famous hell in a cell match is Taker and Mankind started on top of it. Yeah. Like, dude. Dude, how strong was a big show, too? Like, you watch him on some of these guys he picks up. Yeah. One hand. Freak. And holds them. Yeah. Like, in the air. Oh, God. I remember him said he said in an interview once, at his strongest, he could bench 500 pounds for 10 reps. Oh, my God. Which is fucking stupid <laughs> strong. He basically, <laughs> he posted Kane. Mm-hmm. Kane is what there? 315? At least. Oh, but he met the rock, pal. Your night's over. You get kicked in the dick. That's what happens. <laughs> Listen. And it's anticlimactic. Like, you know, it's oh, yeah. the rock clotheslines and punches him three times, clotheslines. Listen, him. you want to get a big man down? You kick him in the ding ding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> There's the blueprint for how to eliminate him, Cole. <laughs> kick him in his dick. <laughs> oh, it's funny. And then we're at. All right, so this is a little bit anticlimactic, but it's quick. This guy is uh, dead. Um, Oh, this is where I think we're about to get to the point now, yeah, where The Rock is going to be down for a little bit here. Horrible working punch. Yeah, it was bad. Not a great sell by The the, the Rock, but it was decent. But another thing what you're saying is the Hell in a Cell is they they and Corey Graves kind of has fallen into this too I hope he stopped um if you should listen to his new podcast after the bell came out today the one he came out with and to be honest with you I've never heard WWE employee like expose and trash the current product oh he did like I'm telling you just listen to the first 15 minutes like he like trash. <laughs> you know, the rock falls and he's like, and throw this chair. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'll check that out. Yeah, yeah that's he a- literally like rips the company. And he talks about like, you know, the booking, like in terms of like certain aspects of the company. Like, you know, I'm tired of, you know, can we stop with the whole booking of a champion getting uh, beat the week of a pay per view? Like you know, we all know what the for- he even say is. We know what the formula is. He's gonna the guy's gonna go over now at yeah. at the uh, or the guy facing the chant the contender. Mm-hmm. He goes, can we stop having them win the week before a pay per view? Because we all know what's gonna happen at the pay per view. Like it was pretty actually. That's one of the wild. things where Vince falls into like, you know, like you said the formula. Like why does it have to be that way? Change yeah. something. You, know you I mean? run the show. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's weird, too, because you see guys like um, like Ziggler was a good example. He gets one of the biggest pops in wrestling history when he beats Del Rio. Oh, my God, yeah. And then he loses, like, three weeks in a row on Raw. Why? Like, why are you having your champ lose these throwaway matches no one cares about? Or how about at here WrestleMania? Comes, here comes a good pop here. No, no, Scott. Scotty. Oh, it's Taker. That's right. What a sick-ass bike. bike. See, this was my... 
I know people hate when I say it, but this was my favorite taker. Yeah. Because I just thought this was Mark Calloway. Mm-hmm. Although that Pritchard talked about when he first started riding a motorcycle, they were like, you know, take your time, go slow, be safe. <laughs> and he turns the corner and he just takes a fuck yeah. off. If you watch like some of the WrestleManias, like, oh, he's flying down flying. that aisle. <clears throat> He's like, son of a bitch could ride. <laughs> and I thought like this was like, this was Taker like having fun. Yeah. He could work. Because he always said like he liked working. And you could see his personality too. You know, yeah. Where he actually talked and stuff. Yeah. Because he always said, and he said in the Austin podcast that he's like, you know, when he first became The Undertaker, it was tough for him to become that character because he loved doing leapfrogs. He liked doing takedown, uh, drop take, uh, leg takedowns. You can show his athleticism right. being a big dude. Right. But I'll tell you what, though. I mean, him being The Undertaker at that age probably put a lot of years onto his career. Yeah. Not having to sell. Mm-hmm. So, but... You know, then he comes and is this guy, and you know, you go to the late '90s. He's doing planches over the top rope, yeah. and he just the way he's destroyed his body. But this is funny how remember the whole story that they said about this is 2001, and Pritchard told the story how Undertaker was considering retiring in 01 because his body was hurting. That was 19 years ago. Get it out 20 years out of that. He had two full careers. What was it? 2000. When did he have the end of an era? 2012. So 12, 11 years he was full-time. Yeah. And then he leaves for a year, comes back, and gets the shit kicked out of him in that match. <laughs> and so he, he's like, ah, oh, my body's beat up. Oh, give us 11 more years, pal. <laughs> and then it's, you know. Dude, that was terrifying, that, that video. They just right there. Two monster, monster. humans. Even if it's a work, I would hate to be like, to walk, be like, all right, this is your spot in the Rumble, pal. Get out there and have a good time. They said that about back in the day, um, whenever uh, WCW or NWA was in town, whoever it was, oh, when they would look at the, the night's card, all the guys would be like, oh, shit, I'm working with the Road Warriors. <laughs> Because they knew they were going to get fucked up. That's like working with Demolition. Mm-hmm. Man, just great stuff. Yeah. Like, just characters. Like, all three of these guys are over. Mm-hmm. Scotty Too Hot, Too Cool was over. And, you know, I part of the reason why I'm not a huge fan of Rikishi now, go back and watch his Hall of Fame induction. Doesn't mention him once. It was pretty awful. It was fucked up. He did... Like, Rikishi did a lot for the business. He was in the company for a while. People knew who he was. Yeah. He got he over because of Too Cool. Right. They got him over, and he does it now. He comes out and does the Too Cool dance with his kids. Yep. Didn't mention him once. And I heard uh, Matt, Maddie Mills, talked about that mm-hmm. when he dealt with him for his uh, thing. He was like, he's kind of one of those dudes, like the the Samoan guys mm-hmm. keep it in their family. Oh, my There's God. The, the Austin Pop. BMF doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Dude, you look at the what's about to be in the middle of the ring right now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Sorry. Tom Triple H getting him back. Time Time to bleed, Austin. <laughs> Let me see if let's see if we can find out where it happens. Now I think it's like up the aisle and they have a lot of camera breaks. Oh, uh, okay. So Austin's one of the like not worst sellers, 
but he's like he stumbles a lot and yeah, falls in he, the shit. Yeah. And it looks like way worse. He's a klutz he, seller. He, yeah, he's a, he's klutzy. <laughs> but I guess is that like part of the whole brawler style? Look, look, his hands clenched there. Yeah, you're right. Good call. I think it's just oh, him there, not there being that coordinated too. He, that's like he just <laughs> he's just or he would do stuff over the top to make it look like he's trying to fuck somebody up and yeah. like trip on the way. Oh yeah, yeah he's he oh there he goes. Oh, all them people want to touch him. Like, would you stop? <laughs> <laughs> that woman's like, stop hitting him. Oh, she's holding Austin's hand. <laughs> Like that Dude, just he's fall over. bleeding. God, he must have taken like three aspirin before he <laughs> went out there. I mean, I've bladed like four times in my entire life. <laughs> and one time it was bad. Not like that. That. I always like this theme song for God. He's shredded. He's a big dude. He's man. a horse, man. Look how fast he comes in a ring. He was a super athlete. He had Danaball down Look pat. how big he is. I know. Like, he's in there with Taker and Kane, and he's, he's not the same size, but he's up there. Yeah. But, I mean, like, dude, like, you you don't just bleed like that. Like, one, it does help when you're out there and you're sweating and you're active. Your blood's pumping. But, I mean, like, I, I'm trying to think, like, how these some of these guys just bleed. Like, that's normal. Like, the, what was on Triple H's head there is that's, that's not. not. <laughs> I don't get Like, I can't see with sweat in my eyes. I don't know how they do it with blood and sweat. It just That was, like, the worst part about when I played basketball. Like, when I would sweat, I had nothing to wipe my face oh, off. Because yeah. my jersey's soaked. I mean, your hands are soaked. And I never wore, like, sweatbands, like, on my wrist or anything. Right. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, me too. When he swings, he's kicking his legs real hard and stuff. Yep. That was what his dad did. Oh, he was? Like, the whole, like, you know how, like, he does, like, the whole, like, little shimmy with the kick? That was his dad. Oh, no shit. I didn't yeah. Know. Yeah. His dad did all that shit. Rocky Johnson was a little bit before my time. <laughs> he was also uh, jacked. Yeah, him and Tony Atlas. <laughs> Tony Atlas was fucking yoked, too. <laughs> Tony Atlas is 80, and he still has monster arms. Haku. Yeah. Apparently people say he's the most dangerous wrestler to ever like. Yeah, they live. said he's like it's funny when they talk about who are the toughest guys in wrestling. They Haku. always say Haku's one, let's and figure out the And Barbarian, is. I think yeah. they said too. It's amazing when you hear stories and like even like these guys back then are like, who's the most dangerous man you ever met? And they all said, Oh my god, Haku. Haku I'm like yeah. Haku. Because he said he was no joke a bad motherfucker. Oh. Like, there's that story about him biting some, dudes, biting some dude's nose in an airport. I don't know if you ever heard that. Like, he no. was at an airport bar or whatever, and some guy was giving him shit about how wrestling's fake. Oh. And Haku walked up to the dude, started fighting him, and he just bit his fucking he nose off or something. the shit out of yeah. him. <laughs> and he's got some hair. Mm-hmm. He's a good interview. Austin interviewed him one time on a show. He's a good, well-spoken guy, and he has yeah. great stories. Was, Andre said the only two dudes he was afraid of were Haku and Harley Race, I think. Something like that. No, the guy I think I the Harley Race thing either. was just out of respect for yeah. Harley Race. Yeah, I never understood. I mean, I guess different, way different, way different era. era. I also never really enjoyed Vader either, by the way. He, uh... 
They ruined him in WWF. Yeah, they um, did. Because he was a monster in WCW. And he even talked about it, too. Like, they tried... Like, in WWF, if you were a heel, you had to be a chicken shit heel. Mm. Where you constantly ran. And he's like, no, that's not my game. Like, I'm this dude that just comes in and beats people. Yeah. And it was... I think it was, he was a little bit past his prime. Makes sense. Uh, I but guess yeah, his right. run in WWF was terrible. Well, you know, that's what happens when you're wrestling the champion at the main event of SummerSlam. And when he goes to do an elbow drop, you're supposed to move. And the champion has to land awkwardly on his knees and almost blows his knees up and then kicks you in the head. (laughs) See, to me, I don't know why people had such an issue with Michaels freaking on Vader because guess what? If Vader had a problem with it, he would have murdered him. Yeah. It, so to me, that's Vader saying, "I that was a, probably a receipt that I deserved. It was, yeah, it was his, he knew it was his fault. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Should Michaels have done it? Absolutely not. However, if I'm facing someone in that ring and I'm the champion, oh my God, dude, look, he's like a, it's like a horror film. Mm-hmm. And like I'm gonna jump off the top rope, and you don't move when you're supposed to move, and I now I have to awkwardly sort of find a way to land and maybe injure myself, maybe blow my knees up. Nah. I might give you a stiff kick to the head. Yeah, <laughs> not you, because <laughs> then I just think you're ribbing me. <laughs> but at that point, I, I guess they kind of get on him for doing it in the ring. That's true. You know, it's but he was a piece of shit then. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> But that's to me. That's no different than some than like someone laying a potato. Mm-hmm. Like, like Austin's doing right here throughout the whole match. Yeah. Oh, I was like, it was like he was already over. And then we see the Rock is back in the ring after that choke slam. Dude, this whole ring technically is Hall of Famers. All Hall of Famers. I mean, Billy Gunn DX. So he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, the whole ring. Billy Gunn, Rikishi, and Austin are in. Yeah. Taker, Kane, and Rock will be in. You know what's crazy? That without too cool. Rikishi's not a Hall of Famer. No. No. He's not. He's not. And he's been in WWF since like 89, yeah, yeah. I think. 90 when he was a part of the Head Shrinkers or the Islanders yep. or whatever it was. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, that that pissed me off. That I'm really like, makes me mad. Dude, he doesn't even say like talk about them. And he rode with them forever. He was, you know, part of that team. Yeah. Like, it's like, dude, too cool and your stink face got you over. He's a great worker for being as big as he is, but yeah. he, he would have been just another guy without that whole gimmick. Like, friggin' Batista thanked Fit Finley. Yeah. And I remember listening, again, guys, you guys know this by now, I'm a Michaels Mark. Like, I memorized his whole friggin' life. In his Hall of Fame speech, he thanked the video guys mm-hmm. <laughs> who made him look good. He, like... Rikishi, eliminating The Undertaker. Look at that. Yeah, what is this, Maven? Yeah. <laughs> Which was pretty cool because, again, The Undertaker, up until 2007, which was his first Rumble win, he didn't need the Rumble. Nah. Like, that's the thing. Like, Undertaker didn't need these matches. 07 was great because that was awesome because I didn't, you didn't, I didn't expect that. That was my favorite Rumble ever because of the end. Yeah, the ending was a seven-minute, ten-minute match. It was a ten-minute, five-star yeah, match. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> that was that was good stuff, man. To me, I thought that was the last, like, really good year of the WWE. And then it kind of got a little bit too PG. God, it's awful. <laughs> Rock's like, I ain't taking this. And how do you get rid of him? Punch him in the dick. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, you gotta do, Rock's man. Rock's been kicking a lot of dicks these days. <laughs> like, fucking... Pull! Kick Big Show in a dick and eliminate him. Punch Rikish in a dick and eliminate him. <laughs> <laughs> Take the leaves on his motorcycle. 
Gotta keep the gimmick going, like, man. Like, no one came and got it. Kayfabe's alive. <laughs> That's so good. You know what's great about the Rumble, too? You get a lot of, when Austin was in him, the hokey stunners. Yeah. Like, in matches, he stuns somebody, you go right down. Here, he'll stun you, and you'll go over the top rope. Right. Or he'll stun you, and you'll, like, pop right back up to get thrown over the top rope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could definitely see Billy Gunn as, like, a roid rage guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say, as much as he might be on the gas, he's also a gym junkie. Yeah. So, like, he works you got, hard. Like, yeah, everyone that's on the gas, they're gym junkies. Yeah. You don't get that way just by taking... Yeah, you don't wake up and look like the ultimate warrior. Nah. <laughs> Here comes the, oh, the, the oh, stare. Oh, there it is, the stare down. Oh, my God. I think and they don't take, they don't even blink. No. God, Austin. Full they, blood. God, these dudes told stories, man. That's yeah, awesome. That right there. That looks That's a great. t-shirt. The Rock. When I watch these pay-per-views, I actually get angry. <laughs> because I think you said it to me once, and I think you heard it from someone. You know, we watch wrestling still, and it hasn't been good in a long time. And you said the great thing, and I think it's the truth. But, again, it's like anyone who watches, like, their favorite movies or their favorite, like, television shows over and over again. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. You know, the people that watched The Office after season seven watched it because of how great it was leading up to yeah, six. You're not going to stop. Your ball's deep in it. It's, right. You know, you, and that's like, you know, we've been watching wrestling fucking 30 years 30, this is my 30th year <coughs> um and everyone always asks me like is it still any good I'm like no and we rip on it a lot but we watch it every week yeah you know it's it's not what it used to be no but we watch every week and we talk about how shitty everything yeah. is and every once in a while they do something they do like, something God great damn, pulled me back in it was, yeah that was pretty cool like last year's Wrestlemania we went to the show was great yeah way too long uh, yes <laughs> And I didn't think it was going to be 40 degrees out. It was so cold. It really was. But, uh, yeah, it was a good show. But you're right. You said we love it for what it used to do. Mm-hmm. And it and we kind of, you know, use what it used to do to just watch it, and complain about it today. And I think it was a meme I sent you or something. And some dude was like, we have to stop giving WWE a pass on what it used to be. Right. Like, you give them a pass... For what they do today because of how awesome it used to be mm-hmm. and it made a lot of sense it was like yeah like you said we still watch because we've watched forever you're right it's not that you know it's, I think it's like we watch we it, it's weird it's like a drug in a way like but it, it in a weird thing it's almost like yeah we watch it still because it's like we're we want to be there when it comes back again yeah like we want to say we were there for all of that just like that Kane's out through the ropes he went through oh he we went through that's right, yeah. you went through the rope. Um, but uh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's and it's kind of like the Star Wars fan base. You're right. They apparently these last three movies haven't been good. Right. And they've gotten shit reviews, and a lot of people said they haven't been good, and they still make a billion dollars. Why? Because it says Star Wars, and people go and watch it. Right. And they've watched every single one. They're so balls deep into it. Yeah. And even if the last two suck, they're still going to go watch the next one. Yep. You know? And then when it comes out, 
they'll watch it again, mm-hmm. like on digital or anything like that. But unlike me, I'll never watch a Star Wars movie. <laughs> never have seen one and never will. Because the look on people's faces when I say I'm a movie junkie and I've never seen Star Wars is more entertaining to me than any movie ever will be. What if your kid wants to watch them with you? Oh, fuck. <laughs> now I got <laughs> Now I got to watch them. <laughs> she's going to come if home she's one day. In this house where my wife doesn't watch them, I don't watch them. If she somehow gets into Star Wars, I'll be fucking shocked. Remember, man, as much as this world has grown in terms of like the technology and kids don't go out, kids still have sleepovers. Yeah. And you hear things and Actually, see things. Actually, uh, both Bubba's kids got into Star Wars and he never watched it. I didn't enjoy Star Wars until I was 30 years old because of my wife. Uh, yeah. I didn't enjoy two of the biggest franchises in the history of film until I met my wife, Harry Potter and Star Wars. You know, and I Potter, love Harry Potter. I, uh, I've i seen the first one and The Prisoner of Azkaban. Azkaban, yeah. It's also the best book. I saw uh, <laughs> The Prisoner of Azkaban in theaters with nice. my cousin. Saw that before I saw anything else. So it was that, like the, the <laughs> fifth the one or something? It was the third one. Uh, the third, yeah, but I saw the third one. the first two. Saw the first one like a year ago. It's actually, they're good movies. I just never got into it. The uh, graphics don't hold up well in the first three. Nah. <laughs> CGI groove a lot. a lot. Like, I watch The Lord of the Rings now. They're fucking great movies. They are great, but the CGI is not good. Yeah, it's... But th- they're great. Um, but that's kind of like how I view, like, pro wrestling now. It's like... I still do love... I love it so much that I get angry at it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like watching sports. Yeah. It really is. When they... Like, everyone gets mad about, you know, oh, the Eagles had a great year. No, they didn't. They're 9-7. and seven. Yeah. <laughs> they Back-to-back years, they went 9-7. and seven. Am I supposed to be happy with this? No, it's... <laughs> you know, and we... We do it because it's our team. We'll... Right. We'll, like... And you can do this with anything. Stats are so good because they can tell whatever story you want. Absolutely. You can take a line of stats and be like, but he did this, that, and the third. <laughs> but it's because you made it look like, you know what I mean? You can right. do it the other way too. But right. Like, and Eagles fans, we all defend this team this year because Carson Wentz did it with that front row of fans right there. <laughs> there was fucking no one on that team. That's right. You know, so we defend them left and right. But am I happy with nine and seven outed in the first? No. It's crazy we even got there. I thought the Cowboys were going to. Me too. I hate the fucking Cowboys. Yeah. It's almost like you look at it as a glass half full Mm -hmm. in a way. Like, sure, like there were some silver linings, but, you know, if they would have, you know, it's like if they would have drafted better, they would have been in that position. Or like in WWE, you know, if they would stop having 17. God, these two unprotected territories. Here comes a third. Three. Oh, my God. Like if they wouldn't have, you know, 20. Here it is. And Austin and there is, is three-time. Three-time Rumble winner. But, like, if you don't have 27 writers writing for one guy, yeah, then it would be a lot better. Well, you saw before, like, The Rock was talking about some dude's nipple. <laughs> Big red nipple. Yeah. Like, that's off the top of his head. There's no writer in the world that would have wrote that. Exactly. Man, dude, like, one, Austin is gassed. No, not, is. not steroids. I yeah, mean, he like, is. he's... Blown up. Yeah, he's blown up. And man, this crowd pushing forty here. What is this? Two thousand one. He's thirty seven. Thirty seven. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he was 39 when he retired. Yeah, he's 37 and an alcoholic. <laughs> you know, he's, he he's drank, a functioning alcoholic. Yeah, he drank beer forever. Imagine how jacked and ripped he would be if he never Dude, drank. He would look like Rick Rude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look at the crowd, man. Look at that. Oh, Jesus Christ. He eliminates him and the whole place just stands up. Yeah, dude, a year from this time was when he had that spinal surgery. Now he's going to mix beer with that cut. Oh, God. Is that Budweiser? Yeah. McMahon was a little cheap that night. <laughs> Dude's drank a million beers in his life. He's gotten like 100 ounces in his <laughs> mouth, which is great. By the way, everyone watching, as you notice, the crowd has yet to stop cheering. Mm-hmm. And this is going to go into our next episode, everyone, about the 2001 Steve Austin run, which was it was it was started off so hot and it went right through Mania, which was huge. You know, it was a probably the greatest build ever. Mm-hmm. That build between Rock and Austin. That promo and the Royal Rumble's over. Yeah, the Rumble is over, but uh, that promo the with promo my way. Before, oh God, it greatest! Was, it's the best one they've ever done. Agreed. Um, but yeah, that's the end of the Rumble. And um, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really hope uh, you guys enjoy this ride. Whether you listen to this fully through or you do it in pieces, it doesn't matter. Um, it's the 2001 Royal Rumble. Our next show, I assume, unless anything changes, will be the 2001 year uh, of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we'll talk about that. It won't be three hours long, um, but it will be uh, a lot of fun to talk Austin. It's always fun talking Austin uh, in that era of wrestling. Um, yeah, we'll have to talk about the guy who, you know, you could talk about your Joe Montana's to Jerry Rice mm-hmm. and your Tom Brady's to Randy Moss that year and all these great quarterbacks to wide receivers. No one had a great connection like the guy that threw beers and stuff called. <laughs> Every single one was that's, right on the money. That's correct. For a year. Mark would, Eaton. Mark Eaton. He would throw him from one side of the ring onto the aisleway dead on in his hand. I would love it to interview nuts. him. Like, did he play high school football? He had to have. <laughs> or he just took cans and threw them at shit to practice. <laughs> but that dude was dead on every time. I agree. So we're at the end right here. And 2001 Rumble, uh, Kyle, what do you, out of a, out of five stars, what do you rate it? I give the show, like we talked about a lot. I give it a five. Um, you know, Hall of Famers throughout the whole thing. Outside of the China Ivory match, every match was good. Had a they story. All, they all had a story. Um, every match delivered. The Rumble, like I said, it starts normal, has a hardcore part, has a comedy part, ends hot. Mm-hmm. There's blood. Um, you know, you got your top guy on top. It's great. It, yeah. it was a great. It's my favorite Rumble. Yeah, I think it's mine too. That one, and like you said, 2007 was great, but mm-hmm. um, I think because of how the match changed a couple times from normal hardcore comedy back to a rumble match yeah the end like we said it had six hall of famers in it at the end insane um, yeah it was, it's it's a great show and the man rode a motorcycle back, back. after being yes. eliminated <laughs> good for him <laughs> all right so uh that's kyle Bruin. i'm christy francesco this has been the hot tag um 
we hope you enjoy the show. Like I said, if you guys have any feedback at all, positive, negative, or indifferent, just let me know. Um, you guys can find us on Twitter um, at KyleBar42. I'm at, at CDFran24. Check us out. Obviously, you guys um, can email me through Anchor uh, or through anywhere you guys listen. You guys can get a hold of me, and you guys do that very well, and I appreciate that. All right, so uh, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and weekend, and uh, we will catch you guys down the road. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.